Sports Loudmouth, 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Kenny, I know you want to come in. We will get you in at 11 o'clock. We have a whole show lined up. We can't get you in at 9 o'clock. We have a lot of sports to get into. So if you can hold off till 11 o'clock, we'll get you in and you'll have an hour or a half an hour that you can get into sports with us. We really appreciate you as, as you know, so please stay put, stick around and we'll get you on. I promise. Speedy, what's going on, man? Oh, I had my draft with Mikey C this weekend. I was picking in the exact the NHL same spot. One, right? Yeah, just picking in the same spot. It's crazy. Twenty team league. I actually got fourth place last year, and I picked in the same spot again, number eighteen. So that was interesting. Also, my parents came over. We hung out with my grandparents one night, my uncle another night. So your oh, parents yeah. came. They out came here. on on Saturday. Yep, and then uh, stayed up until uh, Monday, and then I had to leave at that point. But yeah, we we stuffed ourselves with food. Imaginatively, we watched a lot of football, a lot of baseball. We're all Mets fans, so we had to watch all that misery, which was was not good. Mm. Well, everybody, we've got a great show lined up for you guys. Uh, a little bit later in the show at 10 o'clock, uh, we will be talking to former Raiders, Alliance, and Safety, Stuart Schweigert. He'll be joining us. And at 10.30, we'll be talking to uh, the ace of Spader.com baseball analyst and st- statistician, Ryan Spader. He'll be joining with us, uh, uh, joining us and joining with us a little bit later in the show. Uh, he has been on the show one time, he is one of the best analysts when it comes to statistics in baseball. And I'm sure he'll get into a little Aaron Judge with us a little bit later in the show. Um, Aaron Judge breaks the home run American League record. Yes, not the regular season home record, home run record, because obviously everybody knows who has that record. Barry Bonds, including Aaron Judge, when he's been interviewed, he says that he does not have the record. The record is still 73 by the great Barry Bonds, who should be in the Hall of Fame, by the way. But, uh, you know, the baseball writers just want to throw him under the bus. But uh, whatever. Uh, Zach Wilson returns and has one of the best fourth quarters a Jets quarterback has ever had. Yes, ever had. Coming back from a 20-10 to 10 deficit after having, I, I think it was 10 nothing for the Jets, and then losing the lead. And then the backup, uh, or whatever you want to call it, their rookie quarterback, comes in for Mitchell Chabitsky, uh, puts on a little bit of a show, and then throws a couple interceptions in the fourth quarter, the third and fourth quarter, which cost um, the Pittsburgh Steelers a win. And I'm not blaming it on the kid because a uh, kid comes in. But usually when a rookie 
a rookie quarterback comes in against the Jet, they become superstars. Ask Tom Brady on that one, but that's just a whole nother story. Uh, and then there's Baker Mayfield, who he might well, not he be... become a superstar. Yeah, yeah, he's the exception to that rule. <laughs> uh, Matthew Barzell signs an eight-year, $73.2 million contract by the Islanders today, which makes him the highest-paid Islander in history. $9.15 million per year, which uh, sets him up very, very well. Uh, Mets sweep, well, I'm sorry, the Mets got swept by the Braves, uh, and they can actually clinch the National League East tonight with a win and a Mets loss. So uh, Mets fans are jumping off a plank right now. They're so upset that the uh, Mets have choked. I, I don't think they choked. They, the best team in the National League in the second half of the season has been the Braves. It's not even an argument. They have been the best team in the National League. They have the best bullpen in baseball right now. Uh, they have one of the best rotations in baseball right now, and their lineup is uh, pretty deadly from top to bottom. So uh, expect uh, a big run for the Braves this year and maybe win back-to-back World Series. That's never happened for the the Atlanta Braves. Uh, They've always choked most of the time, but last year coming up with a win and doing it back-to-back, that would be a great uh, feat for for a team in the 90s that was just so dominant with Tom Glavin and – and all the different uh, great pitchers like Greg Maddox and, uh, sh- you know, who I'm talking Who was the other one? I'm sorry. Schmaltz. Schmaltz. I, I, I was, it was off the tongue. But Schmaltz. John Schmaltz, who uh, uh, works for the MLB right now, MLB.com. And he also uh, was one of the best relief pitchers to ever play the game, too. So, uh, John Schmaltz. Um, we'll get through the week for recap. And we'll get into week five with our picks. Uh, Derek didn't have such a very good week. No. Speedy, you had your best week. I did. And I was all right. I was 10, ten and six. six. Ten it's and not six. You're solid. No. Odell Beckham and Landon Collins spotted at the Giants team facilities. What does that mean? Who knows? Uh, and our new segment, which a lot of fans are going to love, it's called Shake and Bake. So stay tuned for that. What is he saying? You said nine. I have. Listen, Kenny, I understand you're upset, but we have a lot of sports and we have a lot of stuff to get into. We have two guests. I want you to come on, but we can't bring you on. We can't bring you in at nine o'clock. It's impossible. We have to get through all our topics. It doesn't make sense. You're going to hog up 20 to 30 minutes of our show with your craziness. We need to. Get the topics out at 11 o'clock. You can join us. We'll have some fun with you. We'll do Shake and Bake with you. That'll be fun. Definitely. Our first show with Shake and Bake, the best and newest topic, and you can join us. It'll be a fun topic for you and us. So just stay put, man. Anyways, um, why don't we get into it? Um, let's get into the Aaron Judge story because it, it's the biggest story now here in New York. And over the last couple of games, you could see that Aaron Judge has been very frustrated. Very frustrated. I don't think it has anything to do with the Triple Crown because I, I, I don't think he cares about that record. I don't think he cares about doing that. He's batting 310 now. He struck out after hitting the home run in the first inning. He's, bat- he's probably not going to win the Triple Crown now. Because Arias or what yeah, I think Arias from the the Twins right now is batting three fifteen. He only he really only hits against left-handers. I think no, he play, he used to only hit against lefters, but since he's played so well this year, he's actually been their Twins' best player. He's well, they've been sitting him out. Uh, not not today. They played him today. Did he hit today? Yep. So he's probably going to win the batting title more than likely. 
He has what two games left? Uh, he's going to have to really choke in the in the next two games for Aaron Judge to pull off the triple crown. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. But you could see in the doubleheader in the first game of this doubleheader that Aaron was slamming his helmet on the ground. He was very upset. You don't see that frustration from Aaron Judge. He doesn't really show frustration. It's not about breaking the records, but I think he wanted to get this record over with. It's been frustrating. There's a lot of pressure on him. And he doesn't want to come one home run short. Who wants to come one home run short from a, a, a championship home run a home run record that's probably never going to be broken again, or it'll probably take another 60 years to break unless you're doing steroids. But he did something that you'll always remember. If you're a Yankee fan out there, even if you're not a Yankee fan, to watch Aaron Judge break a record, and I don't care about the steroid situation because I've said it over and over again. I think steroids should be allowed in professional sports except combat sports. And I'm sure we'll get into that with our our friend Ryan Spader because he's the one that that really agrees with me on Mm -hmm. this. But he is the only one that really wasn't caught with steroids. He did it naturally. He did it fair. So if baseball wants to look at this record 20 years from now, like they did with Roger Maris. So look how long it took Roger Maris to get and control the Babe Ruth record, that 61 Home run record it took the 80s. He did it in what? The the late 50s, early 60s? It took like 25, 30 years for baseball to accept that he had the home run record. And he was gone. He never even got, he really never even knew that he broke the home run record. That it was naturally broken by Roger Maris. Aaron Judge could be the legitimate home run champion 20 years from now when baseball looks at this. Nevertheless, it's still Barry Bonds. Aaron Judge said it was Barry Bonds that has the 73 home runs. He has the record, and it's in the record book, record books that it is not going to be Aaron Judge. He'll have the American League home run record. He will not have the baseball home run record, which is held by the great Barry Bonds. But this is a great story if you're a baseball fan, if you're a Yankee fan, heck, if you're a Met fan. And the reason why is you might never see something like this again in your lifetime. You probably won't. Even with baseball and the change and the ball changes and the seams of the baseballs. And you've heard pitchers get caught with, uh, you know, different things on their fingers, a.k.a. uh, Garrett Cole, who everybody keeps calling him a cheater, but uh, half the baseball players have been doing this for years. It's not just Garrett Cole being caught with it. The game has changed, and it will continue changing, just like in every other sport. What will not change is that this man has had one of the greatest baseball seasons in MLB history. He is statistically as good as anybody in baseball right now. He has 10 
besides the batting average, he has, I think, nine or ten statistics that he leads the league in. And he has 16 stolen bases, which he's amongst the league's top ten in baseball, which is crazy for a guy that's six foot seven, 280 pounds. We sit back and we should really look towards all the great years we've seen baseball players have. Barry Bonds, when he hit 73 home runs that year, I think he was walked 140 times or 150 times. Aaron Judge was walked intentionally almost 100 times this year. When you see those kind of numbers, you see the greatness of, of the season that he had. Barry Bonds, Babe Ruth. Remember that? I think it was in the the 20s when Babe Ruth, it was, was it 29? When he, uh, 28, where he hit uh, 60 home runs. I, I don't know the, find out the year, Speedy, when he had 60 home runs. He had one of the greatest Mickey Mantle season in the 50s where he won the Triple Crown. I think it was 55 or 56 when he had 55 home runs. Joe DiMaggio, when he had the uh, hit record, the, con- the uh, what is the consi- fifty-six games in a row, fifty-six game hitting streak. Yep, nineteen twenty-seven was Babe Ruth. Nineteen twenty-seven, Mickey Mantle's I think was fifty-five or fifty-six. Joe DiMaggio, the year one of the years that Luke Garrick had, I think had one hundred and forty RBIs. This will go down as one of the greatest seasons, not only a Yankee. But in professional baseball history. Yeah, Mickey Mantles was uh, 1956, 353, 52 home runs, 130 RBIs. And Joe DiMaggio, when, when was that? When was his hit record? I think it was 1939, I want to say. I'm not 100% sure. We're going to talk about this season's compared to all the great Yankees and their great season that you remember. That's how special this is. Now, is he the greatest Yankee to ever play? No. Do I agree with Randy Levine right now that he's he's one of the great Yankees of all time? No. He's not. But is this one of the greatest seasons a Yankee's ever had? Absolutely. There's no argument to that. 1941 was DiMaggio's. So that's why when you sit back and you remember all the great, and maybe you were alive to see, you know, Mickey Mantle. I don't know if you would be alive right now to see. remember Joe DiMaggio, or maybe you would. Joe DiMaggio, or even Babe Ruth's 1927. I think you'd be, I, you'd be 100, over 100. Right? I'd be 100? If you were born, you'd have to be born in 1919 or 1920. You'd be over 100 years old. Yeah, you'd be 102 years old. Would you be alive? There, there must <laughs> be somebody. Gene. There must be somebody alive that remembers all these great moments in baseball. It's special. And I, I, I think Aaron Judge deserves all the credit and all the accolades that he is going to get after this unbelievable season. He's going to get a big contract. He's going to get a very big contract. I don't know what it is. It might not be from the Yankees, but a lot of people believe no matter what, he will be a Yankee next year. The Yankees will find a way to bring him back. I think he wants to be a Yankee. I really do. I think right now he's trying to draw as many 
and as much money as he can get as he can get from the Yankees having the season that he has had. I mean, Speedy, uh, you're a Met fan. A lot of Met fans will probably have their own opinion to Aaron Judge's fantastic season. What were your thoughts? Yeah, it's one of the complete, most complete seasons of this era for sure. When you look at the compilation of defense, offense, and all the advanced statistics that he's now led in now, too. You mentioned 10 different categories. Yeah, he just hasn't led in, uh, in batting average. and But everything else, you're looking at OPS, OPS+, plus, and many other advanced statistics that were not around back then. So you're looking at an all-around all hitting season, an all-around uh, pitching season, or defensive season, and stolen bases for Aaron Judge. A lot of these other power hitters, these steroid-era hitters, weren't great defenders. Barry Bonds was before he did the steroids, and he obviously stole a lot of bases over 400 for his career. But you're looking at a case where Mark McGuire, those guys are just all sluggers. Aaron Judge is not only a slugger, he's a complete player. And a lot of those seasons, too, when you look at the individual seasons, it's also doing it for team success, too. Aaron Judge's value, his war, off the charts. And in an era of advanced metrics, Aaron Judge is breaking stat cast records for not only his time, but for all time. This is easily one of the base, best single seasons. And when it comes to the overall compilation, the Yankees are the number two seed in the American League. And if it wasn't for other hitters slumping, not Aaron Judge, they would have been the number one seed. So they, his legacy this season is still un, unfinished yet. Who knows what he could do in the postseason? You're talking about a combined record for the postseason. I'm not sure. Barry Bonds in that 73 home run season, I don't think the Giants even made the postseason that year because the Diamondbacks won the division. So it could be one of the most complete seasons ever if you want to combine it just with the postseason too. And it's incredible. I don't think it's something you'll ever see again just with the way players get hurt, these freak athletes the way they are. And there's not a lot of them built like Aaron Judge, just an all-around game. I know Met fans right now are very upset. As a matter of fact, while Speedy was giving us his take on Aaron Judge, I've been reading social media, and Met fans are having a ball on attacking the organization and the team on the breakdown of the second half of the season. As they led practically the whole season in the National League East, uh, at one point they were up in the National League East by eight games, nine games, and they were dominant going into the second half of the season. But the breakout second half that the Braves had, they got healthy. Remember, they don't even have their star second baseman yet. Nope. This lineup is even at, as, at full strength yet. They're going into the playoffs. I don't know how good he's going to be, but having that player in that lineup really gives you that understanding of how talented this lineup is going to be and is. Ronald Cunha didn't have a great season. He really didn't. No. 16 home runs, batting 265. That is not a season that you would expect a star player, a star center fielder, arguably the best center fielder in baseball to have. Yeah, Riley would be their team MVP this year from an offensive perspective. And they're a young player, yeah. Yeah, and then you got the, they got a couple young players they called up. Michael Harris had a big year. And uh, Willie, William Contreras, too, younger brother of Wilson Contreras, a catcher, had a breakout season offensively for them, too. There were new guys that stepped up for the Braves this year. It wasn't You're right, it wasn't Acuna. Obviously, Albies was hurt for half the season. So, you're again, he's still, I think, the best second baseman in baseball when he's healthy. But, again, again they replaced that value overall with other things and made it 
it work. And it just proves one more thing with the Braves that I did mention at the start of the season when I thought the Mets would only be a, a wild card, one of like the last wild cards at the beginning of the year. The Braves just have more depth and they have more organizational stability. The Mets have relied on a lot of star power, but when that star power breaks down, it's not showing good results elsewhere. And the Mets lineup especially is indicative of that. When everyone goes cold, except for maybe Escobar and Nito, of all people, the whole the team offense does not work, and it's not a good sign. Does that mean that the Mets can't come out of the wild card series and win the World Series? I absolutely believe that this gives the Mets a better chance to win the World Series. I don't like when your team has a week off. You're going into the, the next series. When that other team fought its way into the divisional series, you're going into the new series cold. It doesn't matter if you have home field advantage. You're playing five games in the divisional series. It's not seven games. It's five games. As soon as you lose that home game, the other team has home field advantage. So what advantages do you have by winning the division? Not a lot. Now, I think with the Mets, with their pitching, with Bassett and Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom, and everybody keeps talking about the Mets. They, they're not the same Mets. Uh, Jacob DeGrom has not looked good, really, in his last two games. I will say this. If you're a Mets fan right now, I would not worry about who you're playing in the wild card series. The San Diego Padres, the Phillies, whoever you're matched up against. I think you have the advantage just because of that rotation. Now, the Mets lineup in the second half of the season, especially the last three weeks, it's been up and down. It hasn't been good. It really hasn't. Khan has been their best hitter. He really has been. McNeil hasn't really been hitting. He's been one of the better hitters, you know, all season long. His batting average is still over 300, but yeah. he's been up and down in certain series. He he would, he would hit, and then in certain series, he'd, just, he'd be batting 265 or 250. That's not good enough, and you need to go into the playoffs. You're playing better pitching. You're playing better bullpens. So you have to find a way to hit against these more talented pitchers. Yeah, it seems like when McNeil has gotten hit, so he gets it in bunches, but then everyone else doesn't want to hit around him. That was the case in Sunday's game. That was the that was the case in a lot of the games against the, the, the Cubs and the Nationals. Like, he was the only one hitting, and then, then everyone else hits, then McNeil doesn't hit. So his RBI total isn't as high, but as a result, he's now the National League uh, batting average leader, so he might he might win that award. Are you Chris- listening to Mets fans that could, because Marte is hurt, that's the reason why they're not hitting? Well, they what what happened was Buck Showalter moved Pete Alonso to the two spot, which he never hit in his career, which was very bizarre for that kind of thing because he was either Lindor was third or Marte was third, and then the other one was second, and that worked for so long. But all of a sudden, it just out of whack. And baseball players are weird like that too. That's why I always have done advocated for a lot of different like lineup depth or lineup combinations to get them used to hitting alongside somebody else and Buck Showalter decided to do that like suddenly late in the season it really didn't make any sense to me I just think that if you're if you're a Yankee fan or 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 you're a Met fan I, I think you have a better opportunity as a Met fan to see what your team's all about you see what kind of team that you're made of uh you know as a as a baseball team going in to this series and, and 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 whoever you play in the wild card game and 
And I again, I don't know who they're going to match. Right now, if the season were to end, there's still two games left, they would be matched up against the Padres. And I know a lot of Mets fans don't want to play the Padres. Why? I don't understand. Yes, they have two really good hitters in Machado and Soto. They're fantastic. The other guys, half those guys have never been in the playoffs. Or uh, I would say maybe five out of the nine players in that lineup have played at least in one series in the playoffs. There is not enough experience. Now, you're going to say the same thing about the Mets. There are certain players on this Mets team that probably have not been in the playoffs. But your best players, Jacob DeGrom, Scherzer, even Pete Alonso played in the playoffs before. They understand what it takes to win. All of them. Bassett, I think, is the only one that hasn't, right? Well, Bassett, Bassett did play, did, but did he didn't start. A's, he never right? started. He, yeah, he played for the – he played. He was in the relief for the A's at the time. He never started a playoff game. So he would have been the only one of the uh, the rotation. Taiwan Walker, I believe, did once. And I think that uh, Carrasco definitely has with, with Cleveland for sure. Uh, McGill hasn't because he just came up. So, yeah, that's where they're judging. So, yeah, the Mets pitching has. In terms of the hitting, Lindor has. Canna has. Uh, much yeah, Escobar did last year. You call him Ken. I call him Con. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, yeah, the, the James Con's long lost son. Oh, I, I was going to go with a Wrath of Con joke, but that works too. <laughs> James James Con's uh, James Con's long lost son. That's a good one. But yeah, a lot, the Mets lineup is a mixed bag of that. The the prop the Padres lineup. Uh, Trent Grisham has with the Brewers in the past. Luke Voigt has with the Yankees. Or no, Luke Voigt's not there anymore. Brandon Drury has with the Yankees, and I think the Blue Jays too. And then Eric uh, Luke Voigt plays for the Nationals, right? No, no yeah, I messed that up. I I was, like, I was just looking at the list. But yeah, Brandon Drury did for the Yankees that one year. And they have some, but yeah, it's not a lot. So it's an interesting it's an interesting thing that they have to look at when it comes to the experience. Now, I don't think it's a negative thing to be inexperienced because we've seen teams break through very easily. Look at look at a team like the Astros. I know they cheated, understandable, but mm-hmm. 2015, they hung tough with they beat the Yankees and they hung Cheaters. tough with the Royals. They hung tough with the Royals. Let's look at a team like the Royals, too. 2014, they hadn't made the playoffs in who knows how long. And then all of a sudden, they go to the World Series. It doesn't have to happen right away. So sometimes it does happen that way where I, where the, a negative experience hurts them. But the Padres have a better bullpen with the Mets and still a lot of good lineup depth. So I would still favor them in this case. You, you favor in the Padres? Yeah, I, I would. Because I think they're a better identity for the playoffs than the Mets are. Because the Mets are flawed in a lot of conceptual areas. So I disagree. I worry about that kind of thing. I, th- I, I, I favor the Mets in this series. I do. And going into the series, yes, the Mets, have, uh, have they given up in the National League East? Did they give up in that series against the Braves? They look like it. They did. They they yeah, did. they got swept to the Atlanta Braves in a series, even though it was in Atlanta, they had a chance to win in every single one of those games. Yep. And again, that's been another problem for them. They were so good in close games in the beginning of the year, and they were at one point the National League leader hitting with runners in scoring for this. And all of that has fallen apart in the second half. And by the way, just so everybody knows, John Carlos Stanton is hot. He just hit another home run. So that's back to back to back games. He's hit home runs. And you want John Carlos Stanton to get into the playoffs hot. Because we have seen him when he is hot in the playoffs. Yeah, carry the Yankees in some mm-hmm. games, some series. We've seen it the last, really the last three years. His first year with the with the Yankees wasn't great in the postseason against the Red Sox, but that was really it. Every other time, he's been their best playoff player power hitting-wise, too. Play a little defense here and there. And then... So if you're a Yankee fan right now, this is a good sign. Uh, having this guy come back, and he, he's finally getting hot. And the, like I said, even though the Yankees have a week off and – this will be the first week off John Carlos Stanton has had since he's come to the Yankees because the Yankees 
have practically been in wild card games. They've never right. since he's been there. They've never won the division. I don't remember the. They, they did win once in 2019. Did they, they? Yeah, they beat the Twins. They swept the Twins, and then they lost against the Astros in the six game series. And then the Astros got well, caught for cheating. Yeah, the Astros got caught for cheating. Literally that all. I don't season. count that. So, so, they, they so yeah, the Yankees probably go to the World Series. Then I don't know. Again, would they have beaten the Nationals? I don't know. But no. that's a, that's another thing. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. The that Nationals run was just so special. I don't think anyone was touching them that year. But the way they beat the Dodgers and the the Brewers and all those teams. I think when when you look at both teams right now, I think you're, you should be proud of both teams. The Yankees have a chance if they win tomorrow. If they win tonight, if they win tonight, that's that's a hundred wins. Yep. And that, and I, like I said, Aaron Boone will be the first manager in baseball history. I think in five years as a, as a, a Yankees this manager. This is his, yeah fifth year. Yep. Fifth year. I think it's three seasons. Three seasons well, yeah, with 100 yeah, wins? Yeah, there was one year he didn't. The first, his first year he didn't. Three or then, four seasons. Yeah. Yep. With, uh, he'll be the first Yankee manager ever win uh, yep. the, the, the amount of 100-win seasons he's had. Right. And he is the first Yankee manager in his first five years to have winning uh, 90 or more wins. Right. And in 2019, he did it with all those injuries. So you remember that year. They ended up winning the division, and like I said, they lost to the Astros eventually later. But, yeah, that's still a very impressive feat. Now, again, we'll, we'll see it in the playoffs. We'll have to see. And we've been mentioned no, that he's, the he hasn't been a good playoff manager. Right. And, he but, hasn't. And that'll be a big test seeing what we've seen out of the bullpen in the second half of the season with all the injuries they've had. They ha- He hasn't really found that groove back yet again. And now Zach Britton just announced not going to be out on the playoff roster. He's out for the season officially now. So how will that feel? I'm not surprised. Yeah, will, will that impact the, I guess, plans they might have had? I don't the Yankees know. are going to have to figure out what they're doing with Zach Britton after this. I mean, he came back, he played in one game, and he's hurt. Yep. So, I mean, it's starting to, you're starting to believe, even though he, I think he has one more year left on his contract, that he's done. Yeah, again, even if he does play, it's not going to be a big role for him. He's, cause at this point, again, that's another year removed that's at least two and a half years of that contract away from the game. So that's going to be very hard to get that back. Now, being he's a lefty, he still might have a role, but yeah, it'll be hard to do that. As far as this year, again, they're going to have to get those other young pitchers that they got going at the beginning of the season going again. And all the lefty guys like Marinaccio and uh, Peralta, Peralta's hurt now, but he should be mm-hmm. back for the playoffs. So those guys will be the ones that are going to be the key to have to get going. And then Loizaga, a guy like him, could be an X-factor. Jonathan Loizaga is going to play a big part for the Yankees rotation, especially in the bullpen. I, I expect Savarino, even though he's pitched pretty well in his last couple of starts, I don't think Savvy is going to be in the rotation, the starting rotation in the next series. I don't. I think it's – I would think it's Cole, Cortez, and – Tayon, Tayon. That's what I think it is. You think over Herman? You think? Yes. I don't think Herman. I think they'll stick. Herman has experience in the bullpen. Okay. So I think that's where the Yankees are going to put him. Mm-hmm. And then I guess what, what Montez, if he does come back, would be number four if yes. they need it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, he he has very li- like I was saying with Bassett, he has. Very you cannot play Montez in that starting rotation. Not what he has looked like since he's taken. And right. I, I understand, maybe his shoulder wasn't healthy. Yeah. And it seems like it wasn't. Maybe, maybe it's true. Maybe he came to the Yankees, he wasn't 100% healthy. That doesn't that doesn't sell to me. You, you have to see what you have next year when he, he plays a full season in that rotation. Then you'll know what you have. Right. But right now, I don't trust Montez in that starting rotation. I can't. I can't. I gotta, and, and I don't trust Cole, but he's my best pitcher. 
Actually, yeah. it's really Nestor Cortez. Nestor Cortez has been this season. Garrett Cole has been streaky in the postseason in his career. Which, I can't trust. Which, yeah, I which trust Garrett Cole that. are you going to get? Now, again, some of that some of that was the Astros kind of misusing him at certain points. Some of it, his, was, since he's coming to the Yankees, his struggles against the Red Sox, obviously, last year. But still, yeah, as of right now, 3.49 ERA. We mentioned it last show on Thursday. He leads the major leagues in terms of starting pitchers and home and runs strikeouts. given up. And strikeouts. So, yeah, he's kind of a power. Power on power pitcher. That doesn't mean anything if it's a close game. It's one one. Yeah, going and into that, you know, going into the sixth inning, and you need him to pitch, pitch you out of a jam, right? You know, and I think we were we were joking about it uh, mm-hmm. last week too with yes, we one were. of our guests. He might have that uh, Clayton Kershaw playoff syndrome where he allows a home run in the most crucial spots because a lot of the ones he gives up is in the sixth inning, right at the end of his start, third time around the batting order too. So you definitely have to worry about Garrett Cole. You have to worry about this rotation. The only person I really trust in a big game. And we don't even know what Nestor Cortez could pitch right. in, in the playoffs because he's never done that before. So as a starting guy in a rotation. So this is his first time pitching in the playoffs at, in the Yankees starting rotation. So I trust Nestor. Out of all the guys, he's the one I trust. And if I need him to pitch in the five-game series, two games, he's the one I want. Mm. You know, Even though Garrett Cole will be the guy. They, they're going to trust in their $300 million player that he is going to be able to pitch two games in this series. I just don't trust it. I really don't. I, I would start Nestor in game number one. Yeah, that's actually, now that I think of it, a trend that's actually been a lot more common for a lot of these World Series champions, too, are these newer, younger breakthrough pitchers that they don't have a lot of tape on. They don't have a lot, because Nestor Cortez doesn't have a lot of innings on him. You look at last year for the Braves, you look at guys like Kyle Wright, who's now pitching great for them this year in the regular season, but didn't have a big role for them last year. Max Fried had a little more experience, but he, he again, he, he was very dominant, too. You look at 2020 with the Dodgers. Their best pitcher in the playoffs was Julio Urias, who barely pitched for them but prior to that, Red Sox with Evaldi in 18. So there's a lot of that common thing where it's not always have to be your best pitcher. It might be just the guys that don't have a lot of the scouting report on them, too, when it comes to the experience. And Cortez, after he had that slump in June and July, really has picked up again. 2.44 ERA, finished with a whip under point. which is very impressive for him. And again, he's a lefty, so that's going to be a tough weapon for a lot of these. I think it's it's, it's a smart move by the Yankees. If if I were the Yankees, if I was Aaron Boone right now and Brian Cashman, I would really sit down and and you'll have to see who you're playing because you have to look at statistics. If if Cortez pitches better than any one of the teams, and right now it's it's Tampa and Cleveland. That's that's who's playing right now in on their side of the bracket. So. It will either be Cleveland or Tampa, and it's probably going to be Tampa. And I don't want to play Tampa, but again, uh, that's what's probably going to happen. You're going to have to outmanage. You're going to have to outsmart a team that likes to manufacture runs. Very that's creative. what they do. Yep. That's what they like to do. And the Yankees are not a manufacturing run team. They're a power team, and that's why Bader is a guy that I would absolutely use in that series. Uh, Oswaldo Cabrera. Another guy that defensively that you can move around the field. You can use him on the bench. You need to be smart on who you're going to use. And uh, there's another home run. Garrett Cole gives up. It's just now it's in the fifth inning. So yeah, close to thir- third time around the batting order. I mean, how could you trust this guy in, yeah. in a big game? All of them seem to be late, fifth, sixth inning, and that's not a good sign for the way postseason strategy works. He gives up way too many home runs. Way too many home runs. And I, I as a Yankee fan, I would not be excited. When I see this guy on the mound.
Snuck says, Aaron Judge should only be worried about finding a house big enough to hold the cash that he'll have after he signs the contract in the offseason. Would steroid help, steroids help talk show hosts? Maybe talk faster or longer? Uh, Kermit didn't even deny it. It's that kind of sad commentary on baseball of 16 stolen bases get you into the top 10. Yeah, that's analytics. Uh, let's go Mets. Can't wait to see Speedy's tat. I hope so, but I'm not confident, Snuck. Nothing better than winning 100 games and losing your job to Donnie Baseball. Mm. Uh, you cannot deny the power of Cortez's mustache. Kermit is so easy to distract. Just have someone dress up like Miss Piggy in the stands. He'll get distracted. The Rays' bat boy is smarter than Aaron Boone, and Kermit leads the league in strikeouts and home runs. I disagree that, with you. That's interesting, though, because I, I know you're a huge Don Mattingly fan. If Aaron Boone does squat to the postseason again. Would you want him as the manager? I, I don't think the Yankees are going to fire him. How okay. do you fire a guy that has five of the best seasons a manager's ever had for the Yankees organization? I'm not advocating to fire him. I'm just saying I mean, if they do. And if they do fire him, you know how many teams will line up to sign him? Agree. I mean, this guy, he's a winner. I know it's the Yankees, but he is a winner. He is going to win possibly 100 games this year. If, if, if I, they're probably going to lose tonight because of the great uh, Garrett Cole <laughs> and his choke artist throwing, where he just absolutely is horrendous. But nevertheless, this is a team that has had winning records ever since he's taken over this team. And every Yankee fan that wanted to give up wanted to give up on this guy and say, "Bring back Joe Girardi." Where's Joe Girardi right now? <laughs> Uh, he's not getting another job again, most likely. I don't think so either. I, I think if he does get it, it'll be in a league office or a front office. It won't be on a, as a manager at this point because he's the Phillies this year now clinching the playoffs. That shows a lot about the way Joe Girardi was trying to be too old school. And a lot of the players, the ex-Yankees they brought in there, they brought David Robertson back in the trade deadline, but they're now gone too. And it's a lot of these other players that have stepped up for the Phillies, including eh, Noah Syndergaard when he actually pitches. But he rests twice. <laughs> Now I want to get into some football, and a lot of this show is going to be football-oriented. We'll talk a little bit about Barzell's uh, signing, the eight-year, $73.5 million. I mean, it's a great signing for the Islanders. Uh, Lou is trying to hide uh, what not to do in an offseason because he didn't really have such a great offseason. So why not sign one of the, their best player and one of the better players in the NHL right now? But they need to give him another player to play with. It's just, you can't go into the season sitting on this same roster offensively. But I disagree with our uh, friend the other day. <laughs> but of course you do. <laughs> I think that the Islanders are much more talented than he says they are. Okay, and I, I think they're going to win a lot more games this year because of the way the schedule is set up for them. But we'll get into that a little bit later. I want to get into the New York Jets and... And and the the game that they had in the fourth quarter against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now I will say this: the New York Jets front seven has been absolutely horrific. They've been horrid. I don't want to hear about what Robert Sala says at the end of the game that they've played better in certain quarters. I don't want to hear it. Why is Quinton Williams only playing 63% of the snaps when he is your best defensive player in your front seven? Why? Is it Ubrick, who has been absolutely horrible since he's taken over the defensive coordinator position? Is, is that what it is? How about Carl Lawson in the second quarter with, what, 45 seconds left getting that awful quarterback penalty, which puts them in field goal range, which gives them that three points, that gives them the confidence in the second half of the game. 
Franklin Myers did the same thing the week before. Now, there are so many mistakes that you can pick out and nitpick on the New York Jets. And I know Jet fans are going to sit here, including yours truly, and be very excited that the Jets are 2-2 two and two going into Week 5. It's great. It's a great story. But is it a story? The only story that stood out to me in that game was two things. DJ Reed and Sauce Garner are the real deal. They're the best tandem right now in the NFL. Those two guys in the first four games of the season has given up one touchdown. One touchdown. And that's against some of the best wide receivers in football. And the other, Zach Wilson's return. Now, he did give up two touchdowns, uh, two interceptions. Yes, they were not good interceptions, but I will not blame. I would say one out of the two was his fault if you want to blame it on him. Not the wide receiver that should have jumped, uh, I mean, jumped the route so the other, so the corner wouldn't obviously intercept the ball because he knew it was happening. Why didn't he jump the route? like any wide receiver would have. That was Elijah Moore. I think it was Elijah Moore. Yeah, and there were, the Steelers' corner was shallow, yeah, right in that area. He could have jumped the route. He could have knocked the ball away from him. But whatever. He intercepted the ball. But with 20, with the score 20-10 to 10 in the fourth quarter, after the Jets had a 10-0 lead and 20 straight points by the Pittsburgh Steelers, what Zach Wilson, the pressure, and, and so much pressure on him, the offensive line, moving Elijah Veritak in the left tackle position, bringing Herbie in to play the guard position right next to him, trying to fix the offensive line, and then losing Max Mitchell early in the game, which, by the way, it's not a bad injury. He should be back in a week or two. So that's a good sign for the Jets, getting Max Mitchell back. He's had, he's had a really good season, really has. For a rookie, he's played very well. He might be the future right tackle for the New York Jets. He might be. And maybe a future pro ball player. Oh, well, there's no pro ball anymore, but whatever no, it is. He'll still, be, he'll still be listed. He'll just have to play flag football. But no, they're not playing pro ball anymore. No, I know that. The, the, one, of the, one of the ones is flag football, though, one of the skills competitions. Whatever. The fact is, you have Dwayne Brown coming back this week, possibly. This offensive line is going to be much better. You can move Elijah Veritaka back to the guard position or maybe move him to the right tackle position right now. Maybe do that. Solidify your offensive line. Keep Herbie at the guard over there. You have Lincoln Thomason on the other side. And you you efficiently rebuilt your offensive line for the next couple of weeks until George Font comes back and then Max Mitchell comes back. I just don't want to put Elijah Veritaka in harm's way yeah. because he is your best offensive lineman. He is the best offensive lineman the Jets have had all season long. He has been as good as any guard in football. There's not, I don't even, if you guys aren't watching how good he has played and watch him, what he did last week as the left tackle, he shut down a very good defense on that side of the ball. He really did. Mm-hmm. And in the, th- in the fourth quarter, when you needed an offensive lineman to make the blocks, the proper blocks, to keep him away from Zach Wilson, he did it. 
a guy that didn't practice all season long, all off season as a tackle, moving him that. And yes, he played in USC for one year. That doesn't matter. You're playing in the NFL. It's faster, better, more talent, the best of the best. And you did it against a very good defense, one of the better defenses in the NFL. And Zach Wilson, he made every throw in the fourth quarter. Every hard, important throw, he made them. And that's what you want to see from your star quarterback. That's what you want to see from a franchise quarterback. That's what you want to see when it comes to a growth of a quarterback at that position for the New York Jets. Do I think Zach Wilson could be the future quarterback for this organization for the next 10 years after seeing that on Sunday? Absolutely. I want to see it week in and week out. I want to see him compete, even if they lose every week, and keep his team in the running to win. If he does that, you have something to cheer about. You have something to be excited about as a New York Jet fan. And again, you look at a case where he got other guys going that were struggling, too, throughout the year. Now, the tight ends, the jury's still out on them. But Elijah Moore, he was having a down year with Joe Flacco. He has a good uh, rapport with him. Yes. He's always had that. And you see, you saw that even yards after the catch. He was able to get him right, just the right spot so he could make that kind of cut. Tight throws on the sidelines. Great one to Garrett Wilson. He had a couple. Yeah, Garrett Wilson had a couple drops. But again, he still had elaborate routes. That was you will good. see as the season progressively moves that Garrett Wilson will be his favorite target. Right. And Garrett Wilson, did, I still think, did more good than bad in that game. I'm not, I'm not trying to say the drops were everything. But yeah, he made that kind of thing work. And then Corey Davis, too. A guy that... He kind of relied on too much early in his career when he first started with the Jets last year, kind of force-fed. But now he's using him in the right kind of roles, not doing anything too deep. The touchdown throw was a good, good, perfect low throw. Corey Davis could go down and get it. And that made that kind of thing work. Like, he knows how to use him in the proper roles. And that's coming from a coach in Michael LaFleur that sometimes has misused his wide receivers, too. Now, I'm not saying he had a bad coaching game either, but I think Zach Wilson did more to create that kind of thing. And you could tell the difference in that offense when he does. And Zach Wilson was the first... First uh, Jet quarterback to have a touchdown, a catching touchdown yes. in Jets history, yep. which he obviously made history for the New York Jets. Not a history that you – it only is important if the Jets have a winning season. Nobody gives a crap what he did, okay? I want to see him go into MetLife Stadium on Sunday, which they have no wins at home. Both their wins are away. They are 2-0 and away this year, which is crazy to yeah. say. They They – over the years, they couldn't beat Cleveland and Cleveland, and they've beaten Pittsburgh one time in almost like 30 or 40 years yeah. in Pittsburgh. Since 1992, they've only won once. I think it was, they said, in 2002, I think. Which is, is, is amazing. Yeah. But now this is a game. There is no Tua. It's Teddy Bridgewater. You know him. A lot of the players have played with Teddy. I think the Jets have seen him enough to understand what he's good at and what he's not good at. This is a winnable game for the Jets. You don't, have to, you don't have to deal with Tua and what he does inside and out of the pocket, how he uses his legs, and things that you know makes him as deadly and as dangerous as any quarterback in the NFL. You don't have to deal with that. I think the advantage to the quarterback position is the Jets, something that probably going into this game, they didn't have the advantage with Tua over there. 
Yeah, if Tua played it at the time of his game, he had the advantage for for the time being in that system with Mike McDaniel because I still think his system has proven a lot more than what LaFleur's has this year so far. Now, granted, the Jets are still have the offensive line issue. So. Absolutely, and, and we don't know what Miami Dolphins defense is going to play. Yep, that's my big thing. Which pass rush is going to actually show up for the Dolphins because they had a great one in the second half of Week 2, the great one against the Buffalo Bills that really disrupted, especially Melvin Ingram. But last week, it kind of disappeared against the Bengals' offensive line. Maybe took them for granted. I'm not really sure, but nevertheless, you're looking at a case where even with the Jets' backups, they're still definitely capable to be able to make that kind of thing work. Now, Ingram has had a great year for the most part. Christian Wilkins is still a good guy. Uh, it's a defensive tackle position, but can that scheme be able to make it work? Because they can't take the Jets' offensive line for granted the same way they did the Bengals either. Now, the Dolphins' secondary, I still think, is strong. So, Zach Wilson's going to have to attack the slot areas and attack the linebackers that aren't as good. Because Xavier Howard, even though he's been kind of down after his big contract, is still good. And then they got Byron Jones and Javon Holland. They're going to have to make those kinds of things work the slot better because those are where they have the advantages, especially with what Mike LaFleur's scheme should be. Well, and I don't know what Mike LaFleur is going to uh, dial up on Sunday. I expect to see a lot more interesting you know, play calls, uh, something that we didn't see in, in the last game against Pittsburgh. Uh, they have the ability now with Zach Wilson uh, as the quarterback to do things that Joe Flacco couldn't do. And right. he... Zach Wilson could hide the deficiencies of that offensive line because of his legs, something that he did do in the second half of the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The thing is that going into this game is Miami is younger. They're a younger team. They're a younger defense than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, Pittsburgh has some young players on that defense. Fitzpatrick, who didn't shut his mouth at the end of the game and thought he was the better player. They had the better players, and they were the better team. I disagree. I don't know what he's talking about, but... I will say this. What you saw with the New York Jets is that they possibly could have a future quarterback that could play for the next 10 years at that position. We didn't believe that with Mark Sanchez. We didn't, even with the two AFC title game appearances, we didn't believe that with Geno Smith. We didn't believe that with Sam Donald. We didn't believe that with Brownie Nagel. We didn't believe that with O'Brien. We didn't believe that with Chad Pennington, even though. At one point, we did because if he didn't have that shoulder problem. Right. You, we could go all through the Jet quarterbacks over the years, and every single one of them, they failed to be their consistency right. and, and play consistent football over there in New York. Maybe the Jets have something with Zach Wilson. Now, again, he's going to have to do this back-to-back weeks, even with a weak offensive line. He needs to show teams – Different uh, out, different looks and what what he sees on the field. The one thing I've seen with Zach Wilson that he needs to learn how to do is when he's looking at a player, not to stare at the player and throw the ball when the other defensive players who are the best in the world see what he's doing and they're going to jump the route. We've seen this. We saw it against the Eagles in the preseason game. We even saw this in that game with the first interception. We saw that the uh, the cornerback was jumping the route. Elijah Moore had time to knock the ball out of the cornerback's hands. I don't know why he didn't do that. He stood there. I, I maybe I don't know what he. I don't want to say. Sometimes it's sometimes with those motion offenses, it's very t- like it's very tough. He to had like a cuts. chance to knock yeah. the ball away. I, I, he, sometimes they're just stuck in that instinct, though. I don't understand it. I don't. I don't agree with it either. I'm just saying that sometimes you're stuck in that instinct where you're just stuck going that one way and you don't think to cut back in and free, be reactionary. It's a second year receiver. We'll see if he learns from that. But yeah, Zach Wilson. Also, when you're listening to these other Jets quarterbacks, I don't know if a lot of them have some of the skills that he possesses, though. Either no. someone like Chad Pennington. I, I think with the talent that he has, and we have to see it 
for the next couple of weeks and see his growth. I will say this for a guy that didn't have a preseason, didn't really have an offseason that Zach Wilson missed a significant amount of time. You're talking about six weeks of football, having a knee surgery, a meniscus surgery to come back the way he did in Pittsburgh and do what he did in uh, with a 2010 losing losing chance of losing that. And they were probably going to lose that game. Any other jet team probably would have lost that game. They, yeah. they probably would have lost that game. But with seven minutes and 30 something seconds left of the game, Zach Wilson had three or really two and a half drives where he was just completely dominant and no Pittsburgh team, no defense in the NFL was going to stop him. These throws were perfect spiral throws, perfect lane throws, perfect over the shoulder. He was throwing it in lanes that we've never seen Zach Wilson throw since BYU in college. If he can do this week in and week out, this Jet team is going to have a better record than anybody would have thought they were going to have because this team is good enough. They they are. They have the weapons offensively. I just oh, the front seven scares me. I, I I there's something about this front seven that just doesn't sell me uh, as far as the pass rush is concerned. Carl Lawson has not been good. Franklin Myers has not been good. Rankins has not been good. Quinn Williams looked really good yesterday uh, on Sunday. He really did. And I, you could see that he is he's trying to prove why he is a special player for this team. I just I think they're using him wrong, and I have a feeling the Jets are not going to sign him in the offseason, although franchise tag him, right. piss him off, and he's not going to play next year, or he's going to try to say, trade me. They're going to trade him for a first-round draft pick, and they're going to lose him. And he'll go somewhere else. He'll go to Oakland. He'll go somewhere. And he'll become a star, which yeah. everybody expected him to be. Our, our next guest would love him to go to the Raiders. That's I'm for sure. sure. Uh, before we go to break and get him on, uh, uh, Ben says Brewers, Eric Lauer with a no-hitter through seven against the Diamondbacks. And thank you for the announcement that the Braves officially now won the NL East. <laughs> so, yes, the Mets will be playing as a wild card team. Oh, yeah. Uh, when we t- – when, when we- <laughs> You speedy, these people, man. When we come back, we'll be talking to former Raiders and Lions safety Stuart Schweigert here on the Sports Lab Mounts. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mounts. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, as you know. You're listening to the Sports Loudmouth, 631-672-3108 is the number to call. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Our first guest, ladies and gentlemen, and yes, it's an ex-NFL player, and he's a Raider, an ex-Raider. And an ex-Lion. We've had a couple ex-Lions on this show. Absolutely. And why not have another one? We're now talking to former Raiders and Lion safety, Stuart Schweigert. Stuart, what's going on, bud? Hey, what's going on, guys? Thank you so much for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Oh, well, absolutely. And we're happy to I have just, you. I just subscribed to your channel on YouTube as well. Well, thank you, man. We really appreciate yeah, you. You're a good guy. And you look good, man. You look healthy. How are, how are you and your family doing uh, since COVID? Uh... I mean, we, we've been fine. Um, my wife's from Canada, you know, so her family trying to get over here and see the grandkids um, hasn't been so easy. But I have four kids, uh, a 13, let's see, 13 Cameron. My oldest daughter's 13 in eighth grade. My daughter, Emma, just turned nine and third. 
My son Alex is four. He'll be five here in a couple of days. And then my youngest daughter is Avery. She's three and a half. And we live live in West Lafayette. I went to school at Purdue University. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, yeah, so dude, life life has never been better. Well, what is it like uh, being away from football a little for you know all that God. time? I, I mean, I know you, you you know your life was football in high school and pee wee, and then... it'll be ten years this November. Wow, I can't it since my last my last time, you know. Buckling it up. I, I don't want to say strap it on because that seems a little. Uh, <laughs> I, don't like I don't like the way that sounds, but you know, uh, strapping it up. Maybe I don't know, but yeah, ten years. Holy smokes! But I interrupted you. What was the question? No, 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 no. I, I it's it's crazy when I look at your career and where you've been, and and, and you played football for such a long time, really from pee wee to yep, high school yep. to even college, and then playing the NFL as long as you did. Uh, it, it's it's weird when you step away from the game that you, you know, you lived, slept, and smelt your whole life doing and, and playing. You know, so growing up in Saginaw, Michigan, I, I have um, – so my, my mother, Carol, was married to a man named John Canelli and had my, my four older siblings, my sister Lisa, my brother Johnny, my brother Troy, and my other sister Jetty. Um, then he, um, they, they were divorced, and my father, uh, Big Stu – I'm little Stu, he's Big Stu um, – <laughs> Came from South Dakota, came into Saginaw, Michigan, and met my mother. Um, had me. Um, they then they they got divorced, and my father remarried. Had my little sister. So so I, I come from a very big family, blue collar. Um, you know, my my older siblings played sports. Um, I was a gymnast for the first ten years of my life. Wow. Um, and then when I was about ten years old, I was like the size of like the eighteen or nineteen year olds in that sport. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's probably time to try something else here, but. What a, what a great foundation for me as far as core strength, flexibility, balance, and just, just all that stuff. But I, I played, you know, baseball. Uh, I did taekwondo. And fourth and fifth grade is when I started playing football and basketball. Um, in high school, I was a uh, football, track, and basketball player. Uh, I was actually, from fourth grade, I was a running back and corner, mm-hmm. cornerback. Um, and then in high school, I ended up switching to quarterback we ran the option uh so i was more like you know basically another third running back to be honest with you um and then switched to safety um um and then uh loved track and field um my junior year actually won the 100 meter dash state championship wow look at you state of michigan class a was the first white guy to win it since 1956 (laughs) so uh it was quite an accomplishment for me beating a guy named charles rogers who was a great competitor of mine since we were 14 we both grew up in saginaw and uh football basketball track we battled each other so um i'm not sure why i started talking about this but what was the (laughs) initial question here I, I just want to ask you one thing. Is that the same Charles Rogers who played in the NFL or no? Yes. Oh, it was. Yes. Okay. So, so me and Charles, very close friends. My senior year, I had my mom finally left for a weekend, <laughs> and we had a huge party. And that's me and Charles before the senior year started uh, partaking in some underage activities. We probably shouldn't have been, but uh, he actually fell, he actually fell asleep in my mom's bed. <laughs> um, but Charles Rogers was the greatest athlete. Uh, greatest natural athlete that I've ever competed against, you know, and I've had the pleasure of playing with guys like Randy Moss, Warren Sapp, uh, Charles Woodson, Megatron, Calvin Johnson, and Charles Rogers was, was phenomenal. And since 14, you know, we battled in football, basketball, and track. And one of the biggest things, right, coming from Michigan or Midwest, or actually 
any anywhere, I guess, a six foot three, you know, um, you know, my sophomore year, 175, junior year, 185, senior year, 195, you know, white dude is, is great locker room guy, you know, <laughs> great leader, smart, tough, not fast, not athletic. Right. And I had to, I was, I've always been fast. And when I beat him my junior year, it would have been like a white guy beating Usain Bolt. Like what? <laughs> like there's just no way, but it, but that competition, I mean, we, we would have six or 7,000 um, people come watch a dual track meet against me and Charles Rogers on a Wednesday in Saginaw. You'd have Nick Saban, Barry Alvarez, Joe Tiller, Bob Davies, um, uh, let's see, uh, Lloyd Carr in the stands watching us run in a dual track meet. So competing against him, um, I mean, again, me wanting to beat him and, 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 and basically – I always say this, you're only as good as your competition Mm. and to have him growing up and uh, me and him were very close. Uh, You know, we played against each other, him at Michigan state, me at Purdue, then him getting in the NFL and, and unfortunately suffering the injuries that he had. Um, And then initially being, being not kicked out of the league, but you know, failing drug tests of marijuana, which is a legal substance. Now you look at it and it's like, it's unfortunate. And then the fact of him being labeled a bus, just brought him into a great depression. And two years ago, he passed away. And it's still, it's still to this day, really hurts me. Um, and it, it was unnecessary, you know, but because of the public and because of media and, and that, that label of a bust, um, he, he just couldn't recover from it. But again, I, I owe, there wouldn't be a Stuart Swagger without Charles Rogers. So um, thank you for allowing me to have a couple minutes to, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. To, to, to talk about him. And again, he's a, uh, uh, was a very close friend of mine. I got to talk to him two days before he passed away. And, um, but again, it, it was it, it, without him, I don't know if I would have had the, the route that I had, I would have played. But again, when I beat him, it was like, people were actually knew like, wow, this kid can run. Mm. As everybody knows, we are talking to former Raiders and lion safety, Stuart Schweigert. So Stuart, your time with the Raiders, it's very interesting. And and the Raiders have been a very interesting organization over the years. As hey, big big win this past Sunday against Denver, baby. Yes. It was a huge, huge win. So And uh, we know we know the Davis family as uh they have uh practically run and sometimes people would say ruined this organization. I disagree. I think uh the Davis family have been uh, the face of the NFL, one of the faces of the NFL as far as the ownership is concerned, and really has changed the NFL for what it is today. Absolutely. I mean, so what are your thoughts? You know, you know the Davis family. You've been around them before. What was yeah. it like playing for the Davis family? During the, the, the draft process. Coming out of Purdue my freshman year, I was Big Ten freshman of the year. Uh, we won We won the Big Ten first time since 1967 when Greasy and Leroy Keyes played back there. Uh, went to Drew Brees was my quarterback. Went to the Rose Bowl. I started all four years. I led the team in interceptions and tackles my freshman and sophomore year. Um, all American, Playboy All American. Actually, I have produced all time interception record, which was seventeen. Mm. Which, which is I have seventeen. The, the previous record was eleven, held by a guy. I'm sure you guys all know Rod Woodson. Of course, um, one of my mentors, one of the greatest athletes to ever come out of of Indiana out of Purdue, Fort Wayne native still has track records here at Purdue. Um, great, 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 great man. Um, you know, so then, you know, you know, getting drafted, um, Al, Al was a guy each, 
each year there was a Al pick, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, he has his staff. They do. I mean, all these hours and hours of evaluation. And, you know, at the senior bowl, you're getting uh, basically the senior bowl is just another combine, right? I mean, coaches are there. You're doing tests, evaluations, psychological testing, um, measurements, all this stuff in between meetings and going to practice and being evaluated at practice by scouts and filling out uh, uh, questionnaires and stuff. Then you go to the combine and, and I, I, I think the combine Unless you have a doctor's note, you know, saying that you're un, physically unable to perform, I think everybody should should be under those conditions. I agree. For three days, I mean, it, you don't do the you don't do the, um, the the actual physical stuff till the last day. I think everybody should be in those conditions, you know, with with the testing, with the no sleep, with with the the interviews, with the interviews in the evening, with with all the stuff that goes with the combine. So um, I, I say this because of all the talk and all the phone calls and all the conversations with my agent and GMs and, tra- you know, I took trips down to Miami and, and all this stuff on these, on these visits and everything. And you start to think of, you know, teams that are showing you the most interest, where could I go? Who needs safeties? What's, you know, what's your best, what's your best bet. And um, the other thing too, um, the NFL draft is, 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 the NFL process from college to pro, I think, is 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 kind of messed up because you look at college basketball players, right? Right. Ch- shoot, they get to go to the combine and as a under as a junior and 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 talk to these guys and get evaluated and then go, you know what? Maybe I should go back. Maybe it's not time for me in the NBA. NFL wise, there's there's really no pre of unless you're like you know a top ten pick. For the other guys, there's really no. Uh, evaluation system to know like where do I fit in in this draft right right? and there was a thing where they had this and it was like an insurance company that if you thought you were had an opportunity (laughs) to leave early like they would evaluate you see what your draft status would be and then give you a policy in case your senior year you got hurt then you'd be paid out this amount Mm -hmm. but again it's like uh, we see you as an early second to late fifth and it's like I mean what kind of evaluation is that, man? Like I, that's not that's not telling me anything, you know. And then if you if you if you even think of talking to an agent or declaring, like once you do, you can't come back. Like the whole Maurice Claret thing. It's yeah. just I don't I don't think it's fair. I think they need to adjust that a little bit so some of these players can get a proper evaluation on whether or not they should leave early or or what's going on. But again, through this whole process, you're you're starting to Okay, this team, you know, I, you know, Houston Texans are showing this, and you know, I'm looking at this, the Indianapolis Colts, and you know, this guy, this team came and worked you out. Uh, Chuck Logano came for the Cleveland Browns and did a private workout with me, and da 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 da. And you know, people always say, "Did you know anything about the Raiders picking you?" And I said, I, "I had." I said, "The only communication, literally, the only communication that I had with the Raiders was was at the NFL Combine, and in the evenings of day two and three, you get a sheet." And it's from like seven to nine and it has like every 15 minutes, there's a different team, right? Like, you know, seven o'clock, the Bears, seven fifteen the Colts, seven thirty, and they'll have a bullhorn that blows and you, and basically the first floor of the hotel where the suites are, they clear the suites out. There's a, there's a wall with a dry erase board behind you, a seat, <laughs> and then like these bleachers over here. And it's the entire, it's the entire staff, president, GM, everyone. They're just asking you questions, right? Well, then. From nine until ten, there's like this conference area where you go and people can just kind of grab you and 
fill out questionnaires. And I'm, I'm sitting there and this, this, this elderly black gentleman comes up and he's got this, you know, uh, this Raiders hat. That's like, you know, like, an old, <laughs> like my dad would wear or something. And like this, it's like a starters Raider. Like, yeah, I know what you, I know exactly what you're talking and about. And these sweatpants. And he's like, you know, he looks at me, he goes, swagger. I'm like, yep. Yeah. He goes, can you sit down? So I sit, he hands me this sheet and literally, you know, name, address, cell phone <laughs> number, email, uh, three best games, three worst games. I'm thinking, dude, this is like a couple, like about a month before the draft. They don't have this information. What the hell are these guys doing? You know what I mean? Like contact and fix on. And I'm like, well, there's no way I'm going to freaking Oakland. You know what I mean? That was like the only communication I had. Um, you know, so then draft day comes and, um, you know, obviously I don't want to get into the draft day part cause it's going to take away the story. I want to talk about the Davises, but Again, me being drafted. So Al, Al always, you know, they have these boards, but he may come in and go next pick, like literally 30 seconds before a time, you're taking this guy. And they're like, we have like, we didn't like, this was a guy we kind of looked at, but we've never really, no, I want him right now. You, you take this guy right now. <laughs> and I, I was his, his pick in that draft that year. And so I get drafted on a Saturday. That Thursday I fly out. And it's a, it's a, it's a team. It's not a rookie, this rookie BS mini camp deal where they're all, you know, you know, freaking walking them through all this stuff and pacifiers and, you know, coddling them and all that. It's, it's the entire, it's, it's everybody, right? It's like the first mini camp of the, of, of, of the season. And I remember I fly in there to Oakland, my, um, Clayton Lopez, my coach, my DB coach picks me up and drops me off at the facility, you know, and I'm kind of going through and just kind of, you know, I'm getting this and this, taking pictures. And I'm just kind of walking. I go into the trainer room and there's no one in there, but this, there's a guy sitting on like the, uh, where you get taped. He's got just his Raiders, you know, our Raiders Reebok cheap, cheap, cheapy shorts. And what, I, I'm so jealous of what the kids get nowadays. We had, you know, we had Reebok and it was like, you know, my Lord, but he's sitting there. He's got his ankles taped. No, no, no socks or anything on. He's got his Raiders shorts, no shirt on. He's reading the wall, Street, you know, the, 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 what would be wall street times or the whatever. Wall street you know? Journal, yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gray chest there. He's kind of got, you know, gray stripe. And I'm looking at him going, holy shit. I'm like, that's Rich Gannon, dude. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that's my teammate. Like that guy, like I'm going, it kind of got real for, I'm like going, these are grown men that like are going to work. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't just some little game or whatever. I'm like, that's a, that's an NFL MVP guy. Right. I mean, right. They're just, just sitting there getting ready, you know, no, you know, I'm, I'm just nervous at all, you know, heck when he's just doing like this, like it's just another day at the office. Mm-hmm. Right. So we do this mini camp. Right. And Rod Woodson, again, Purdue. Right. I, I, I break his record as a sophomore in college. I'm sure he loved you for that. So you think that, right. <laughs> yes. So then, then I'm coming in and he's injured at this time and they draft a safety in the third round. So right. You know what's happening here. I'm, of course. And that's what makes Rod Woodson so special was he was a, such a professional and such a student of the game, whereas you see this, you know, the kid from the, the, the Tenant Hill or whatever talking about, it's not my job to, you know, to show this kid. Like, what kind of teammate are you, man? What, 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 how, how insecure are you as, 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 a, as a man? Right. To not want to help out your teammate, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's your brother, man. Like, it's not like you're sitting here wanting him to take your job. But, I mean, you're not going to help. You know, you're not going to give the kids. Some, like, how else How else do you know how to be a professional without having Competition. older guys? Yeah. 
Yeah. You need competition. Absolutely. Exactly. Right. So it's the last day of the mini camp, right? It's Sunday. And uh, it's in our, we're doing a team drill. And hold on one second. Well, I, have, I have a picture to show. Good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Back for the memorabilia. Memorabilia right, right. day. Yes. That's a great it's, setup, it's, too. It's the last team, you know, um, uh, drill on Sunday before mini camp breaks and whatever. And I'm having a pretty good mini camp, you know. I mean, I'm I'm holding my own, and I was I had some great veterans. I you know not only Rod Woodson but Ray Buchanan, yep. uh, Philip Buchanan, Charles Woods. Well, Charles wasn't there yet, uh, but Ray Buchanan was a, a a huge part of my my success in the NFL because he taught me what it was like to be a how to how to be a professional, not just not just on the field, but in the locker room, with the media, in public, how you travel, how you dress, road games. like, And again, uh, guys like Warren Sapp took me under their wing and, again, taught me what it was like. Without those veterans teaching me that, I, I wouldn't know what I'm doing, how to watch film, how to study, how to be prepared, how to, how, how to, how to conduct myself at practice, all that type of thing. Like, These guys are the ones that taught me how to do that. So being a veteran, that's huge for guys to teach the younger guys how to be professionals. But anyways, Rod Woodson, you know, it's, it's, it's the last period. It's a team drill, two minute, they're, you know, offense. I think, I don't think it was Kerry Collins. Might've been Tuyasa Sopo yeah. or T Martin or maybe even Rich Gant. I don't know what quarterback it was, right? Probably a second. So probably Tuyasa Sopo who I actually played in the Rose Bowl my, my freshman year when Purdue played Washington. Tough. That guy was a beast in college, man. That guy was freaking tough, dude. That guy was tough. Um, but anyways, Rod Woodson says, dude, come here for a second. I said, hey, what's up, Mr. Woodson? You know, that's I, Mr. Woodson. Of course. Yes. He says, hey, on this next period, he goes, just take a look. He goes, um, if, they have a, if they have a tight, you know, two by two, let's say 11 personnel. So one tight end, you know, running back, slot, uh, Z over here. X and Y over here. He goes, if they're somewhat close, you know, let's say within five or six yards, be aware of that. Okay. Be aware of the down and distance. Let's say it's third and eight, third and 10. It's a third down call. He goes, if, 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 let's say this is the tight end. This is a receiver. These guys come up. Um, shit, actually here. <laughs> Just so you know what the hell I'm talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Ah, diagram. Yeah. yeah. So nice. Let's say this. Why? Let's go. Look at that. Here. We even get the coach's clipboard. <laughs> it's a little dry erase. <laughs> he says. He says, if 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 both these guys come up at five yards mm-hmm. and at five, this guy cuts in and does this. He goes, just be alert to this guy to sit down and do a dig route at ten. Mm-hmm. So just, it may not happen. It may happen. Just mm-hmm. take a look, right? So sure enough, it's, you know, third and eight. They're over there. They're driving. It's one of those deals where offense scores, you're off. If defense right. stops them, camp's done with. Right. So all of a sudden, I see it kind of a, a close split, and I'm going, okay. And I look at the down and distance, okay. Then I see it's two by two, 11 personnel. I'm like, okay, this is all kind of lining up here. <laughs> they both come off the ball. They're both going vertical. I'm going, okay. All of a sudden, the, the, the receiver cuts at five. So I just I just stop and just move in a little bit. Now, if that tight end goes straight, I'm you know, it's You're a touchdown, yeah. right? Yeah. I just work 
worked myself right into here. Interception. <laughs> End of camp, right? <laughs> so then I'm all happy and yeah, 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 you know. And at that point, you know, Al Davis, the whole time I was there, he went to every practice. Right. He went to every practice. And each year it went from him being able to walk, from him needing assistance to a walker, right. to a golf cart, you know. And um, he also, they filmed every period. Mm-hmm of practice. Cause he'd come in and watch every individual period. He watched everything. Anyways, you know, we break camp, Norb Turner, Bob, great guys. See ya, you know, whenever all of a sudden swag it. Al calls you. Yes, Mr. Davis. So I run over there and he grabs my Jersey. He goes, man, that, you just always seem to find that ball, Schwager. This is the picture. <laughs> and I walked him. I walked him into the facility. And this is a very special picture for me. Right. Of course. Yes. And I'm thinking this picture is because I had an interception and it wasn't, it, it, it wasn't anything I did. You know what it was? It was Rod Woodson have it, ha, saying, you know what, let me help. And a guy, again, a guy that you'd think this guy broke my interception record. Now he's taking my job. <laughs> did he care? No, he had nothing to prove. He, he, he knew how the process of, of the NFL goes and shit. It was, it was his time, but he still had the sense to sit there and go, let me help this guy out, right? Mm-hmm. So a, a buddy of mine, he, he said, Stu, I, I gave him this picture. I signed it. He goes, you think Al Davis would sign this picture? And this was during, like, that summer of my rookie year, right. a couple months afterwards. I'm like, I mean, I've never really, like, you know, like, you know how it is kind of with your boss. Right. Like, you talk to your boss, but it's always kind of uncomfortable a little bit, too, especially when you're kind of new. So I go up and his, his secretary was Fudgy. I said, hey, Fudgy, is, is, is Al in, you know? And um, she goes, yeah. I said, do you think he, and he, he doesn't, and from, I guess what I know, he doesn't sign autographs. But I said, and it was like an eight by 10. He said, do you think he'd sign this? She goes, well, you know, she calls, you know, uh, yep, he'll, he'll see you now, right? So I go in his office, I open up the doors and, and it's almost like, it was almost like the stairway to heaven, right? Like, it's just like <laughs> every, everything, all the carpet is white. The walls are white. And when I say white, like ivory, like it's not just white. It's like, I, you know, ivory, it's like one of those right? like pale medical rooms. And then every, all, everything else, as far as like uh, the desks, the chair, it's all black. You're in heaven <laughs> and hell. Right? Yeah. Heaven and hell. And he's got the three. The, yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's got the three. Uh, Super Bowl uh, trophies behind him, right? And he's sitting with his the, he and that's the thing. He only he either wore this black one or the white one that Raiders, right? You know, starter mm-hmm. that that you always see him in, right? Like that's what that's what he wore, dude. The black one had been sun faded so much it was almost brown now, and he had the <laughs> you know the, the the chain on his glasses and so I come here, you know, and I didn't even have a chance to ask him what I wanted and. I sit down and he goes, Stuart Swagger, he says, uh, Saginaw Valley League 1999 football MVP, led the league in rushing with 1,650 yards, 25 rushing touchdowns, off-state <laughs> safety quarterback, ran a 10-600, beat Chuck Roger. Jesus. And I'm sitting here like, here, here's Al Davis who, who could, you know, knows – Basically, if you want to know football or been with anybody that has anything to do with like the history of the NFL, this guy knows. And here he is spouting off my my high school statistics. Mm. 
And I, I'm just going, uh, is it cool if you, if you, can, you, can, you, can you sign that, you know? And um, so he was, he was a, he was a man that was very passionate of course. Um, about it. Obviously towards the end, you know, with some of the decisions he made, probably not the best. I agree. But without Al Davis and, and, and his influence in the NFL and what he did and, and giving giving players that other teams looked past this either a first chance or a second chance. He didn't he didn't care about any of, of he he did what he wanted to do. And that's what I love is so many of these GMs and front offices in the NFL, they're just what what's what's what are these what are they doing? What are they, what are they doing? And and that's why you see some of these teams, they'll they will purposely in public Talk about they like a guy, but they really don't because Jerry they Jones. know other guys <laughs> don't do their research and they're just going to pick them because so-and-so wants them. The guys they really want, again, like like you, you never hear anything about it. Right. You, There's a version on the Buccaneers dra- uh, drafting Bo Jackson when he said he wasn't going to go there anyway. <laughs> I don't know if I know that story. Yeah, in 1983 or whenever he was drafted, he publicly said, I'm not going to the Buccaneers. And then they still oh, drafted oh him anyway. Bo Jackson yeah. said that. Bo Jackson, yeah. He made it add him into the team. <laughs> See, I, I don't mind it from him, but like John Elway and Eli Manning, get out of here with that crap, you you know, you freaking pansy. Tell it. Say it. Tell him how it is. Tell him how it is. See, I don't, I don't, I've, I've, I met John Elway one time and his, 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 his teeth were so big. I couldn't think of anything else besides looking at his face. You know what I mean? Like, I just like, <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I mean, I respect, I, Here's the other thing, too, is, is, is being in Oakland, I had the opportunity, guys like Willie Brown, very mm-hmm. close friend of mine, rest RIP Willie Brown, uh, George Atkinson, uh, um, 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 uh, Lester Hayes, mm-hmm. uh, Jim Otto, uh, Fred Belitnikoff is a close friend of mine. But, like, the, the Jack Tatum, God rest his wow. soul. Like, these guys, you know, they're, they're around. Um, uh, Jim Plunkett. And one thing Willie Brown taught me, um, which I, I had a general respect for the guys that came before me already, but during that mini camp I talked about, the very first, after I think the first, like uh, the rookies were kind of, Willie Brown was kind of like our liaison, kind of our coach between coaches or whatever guy you could go to and you knew like he wasn't really a coach, so you didn't really, you know, you could talk freely with him. He said, and it was the rookies. I think there was like eight of us or nine of us, you know, he said, put down your pads, put down your helmet, this playbook. It doesn't mean anything. He says, and he had this like Raiders yearbook or Raiders <laughs> history or whatever. And he said, here's what you need to study. Guys. He goes, for one, the guys that made the Raiders famous and won three Super Bowls, not only know who those guys are, but what they had to do to do that. Right. Mm hmm. So you have an idea of what it is to be a, a, a baller in the NFL. Some of these guys, it's like, yo, man, I'm balling. It's like, do you even know what that means? Like, <laughs> who are you comparing yourself to? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the guys on your team who suck anyway. So, like, or are you comparing it to, like, Hall of Fame guys, right? And he said, secondly, these guys are going to be around here. And he goes, you go up and you pay your respects to them. And I thought, how embarrassing would it be for me to be up in Napa Valley at camp and I'm a safety, right? And here's Jack Tatum watching practice, and I don't say anything to the guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? How how disrespectful. Absolutely. So I always learned to make sure to know who the guys were because, again, these are 
these are these are legends. That's why whenever a younger player like knows some history, I'm always like, whoa, like you you know something besides you? Mm. Like <laughs> there there's somebody else on this world besides you and you care about other people than besides you? Right. You know, because so many people on these social medias and with these things, they got smoke blown up there, you know what? And I listen to the fans and they're going, that guy's a baller. I'm going, why? What, 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 what's significant? I mean, as far as the stats go, he's not. As far as the plays I see, he's not. So why does he think he is to begin with? For instance, last year I went out to the Kansas City. So the Raiders alumni are just phenomenal. I, I, I could do a whole show about our, the alumni they do and how, how it's growing and how they save lives. But they, they fly guys out to games and we go and shake hands and sweets. And, and it's, it's a great time. And I went out for obviously seeing my former teammate, Charles Woodson's uh, ceremony they did for him when he got, you know, his Hall of Fame induction when we played the Kansas City Chiefs. There's like eight Hall of Famers there, 24 everywhere. He speaks, the guy from the Hall of Fame's there, they show his bust, and this is before the game. I'm big into numbers and who's wearing my number now? Like who's, you know, and you watch these guys. I'll be thinking like, okay, there's 24 all around this thing. Like the guy wearing that, I'm not going to call it, the guy wearing that number, I'm thinking like, I, I, I'd be a little, like, Ugh, I better go out and, you know, I better do my thing here. Just, just, I mean, we, they get, they just get, the Raiders just get annihilated. The guy wearing his jersey gets, gets mossed by a fullback. And I, and I'm thinking if that were me, I would literally take the jersey off and go, I, I should, I'm not, I I shouldn't be wearing this. Like this is, this is disrespectful. And I'm thinking, I bet you that probably didn't even cross the mind of that player. Maybe maybe you should have wore the jersey inside out or backwards. If that were Woodson, I may go down and go, "Hey, listen, son, nah, uh, 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 uh. we're done with that. We're not we're not doing that anymore because that wasn't your number in college. So obviously, you knew that Willie Brown and and Charles Woodson that wore that number, and you decide to pick that number. That's already setting precedence of what type of player that you think you're going to be, and that's it'll you'll never you'll never be able to to match that type. You, you see what I'm saying? That shows the type of mindset of someone picking that number. I'd be like, whoa, like, uh-uh, like, like someone at Michigan, again, wearing number two. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like, ooh, like, uh, ooh, that's, uh, <laughs> there's some high expectations there, brother. And if that's not your number from high school, why'd you pick it? Because you're trying to say that you're like, wow. You know what you're I mean? You're influenced so, by it, but you're wearing it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, you said Cliff Branch was 21. Didn't Namdi Asimov wear 21 too? Like, Namdi Asimov was 21. Absolutely. Yeah, so so Namdi Asimov was a very close friend of mine. So Namdi Asimov, um, who I think is was one of the best man-to-man corners was, in the yes. NFL at the time. Obviously, he goes to Philadelphia. They play a cover two. It's a little bit different scheme. Uh, but with, with Namdi, high high intellectual guy. So Namdi, we lived close to each other. And every every Friday, I would go to Namdi's house. No, Thursday. I go to Namdi's house after practice because it was a shorter day. Uh, he'd cut my hair. <laughs> we, we would watch the real world. And then <laughs> he would play the piano for me. Him and then usually Akbar Baja Biamila, who's the host of Ninja American <laughs> Ninja Warrior. Warrior yep. We'd come over. And, uh, dude, that was kind of like our, our, our Thursday ritual. And then when Chris Carr came, it was kind of us, us four. So Namdi was a very, very close friend of mine and a guy when – was it uh, Asante Samuels came out with kind of talking trash 
about him. I think it was on the Pivot Show. Did you guys see that by chance at all or hear about that at all? Or No, I have When Samuel was an eagle you're talking about? Because I know yeah, he played with Asamoah, and, yeah. And, and what he said about him, it, see, there's, there's a difference between personal and then professional. Right. There's 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 professional conversations speaking about about somebody professionally and then speaking about somebody personal. And I felt his attack on him was personal. And I never like it when guys don't give other guys their due respect. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. there's guys I, I I I don't as people I probably don't respect, but as them as players, I'll tell you, they're great players all day long. Or there's other guys that maybe didn't get the recognition, but. Are are guys where you say, "Hey, listen, no, 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 you better, you better get ready. This dude's, this dude's good." Because you know, some guys like you have to be confident and think you're the best, but you also have to be realistic, right? You know, like, "Oh, this dude sucks." Well, why are you saying he sucks? Well, he's just he's a he's a he's a you know he's a he's a he's a B or whatever. And it's like, I'm just telling you, dude, if that's the way you think, this dude, this dude's gonna destroy you. You know what I mean? Like, and that's one thing with me. And I think that's why like my social media and, and the fans, I try to be as honest as I can. So if I'm going to tell you a guy's good, you, you, you go, okay, if Stu's saying that guy's good, then he thinks he's good. If Stu's saying that guy's an asshole, he's probably an asshole. Right? <laughs> because I don't, some, it's, it's like, sometimes it's like, you can see some people are just saying it just because, whereas me for one, I'm giving that opinion because I either played with the guy, played against the guy, or I know the guy, right? If I, if I don't know him, I'm not going to give you an opinion because that's not right to be able to give that opinion. You know what I mean? So sometimes it's like, man, just give the guy a little props, man. You know, that's one reason I have the whole thing with Tony Gonzalez. Only player to ever knock Tony out in 07. Mm. All right. <laughs> Only player to ever knock him out cold. First of all, you can't find it on the internet. You can't find it on NFL's biggest hits. You, it was on YouTube. He took it off. I have what? it. I'm gonna, oh, yeah. I have it. I'm going to relaunch it. But I have multiple plays of me knocking out. Well, maybe not knocking him out, but knocking him good hits, stopping him. Never once will you find a play of him dunking on me in the end zone. Never once. <laughs> but he will not. He will not give me any respect. He will not. not. He will not. Every interview, every time, I'm even thinking this last week on when, when, uh, you know, Tua Tungalova and, you know, that whole thing's a mess. Yeah, absolutely. I wish wish him the best. But when Tony was talking about it, you know, you know, like I was the only one to ever give him a concussion. And I'm thinking, is he going to, you know, when I was knocked out and whatever, but like, he just, he won't, like he talks about every other safety, he talks about other guys. And like, I'm just like, you know what, dude, I'm so like, can you swear on here? I don't know if you can. You can't swear on here. Can you? Uh, we're gonna. We might use this on one hundred three point nine. I'll add to that. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. But just, I have. I have a lot. I have, and and I'll say this: Tony Gonzalez is one of the greatest to ever play. Yes. One, and I'll still say that. But he is a. He is a. He is a. Uh, uh, I know what you're gonna say. You money sign, money sign. Yes. Y, yes. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. One game, he comes up and says, "Hey, Stu." I said, "What?" He says, "Hey." Can can you stop hitting me in my legs? Can you can you can you hit me up high? And I go. I said, "What's up? Did you say so? Like what? What'd you? Stupid, you know, can you can you keep it up? High? Oh, oh, sure, sure, Tony. Yeah, whatever you want, buddy. Hey, let me know when you're gonna run a seven round. I'll just fall down." I said, "Tony, I said, I don't, I don't. Play, you're not my teammate. Okay, I don't play for the Kansas City Chiefs. 
I said, now that I know that, every play, I'm going to try to bend your knees in backwards, brother. <laughs> He's like, well, Jesus, dude. I'm like, you know, we're playing in this game right now. We're not brother lawing it. That's stuff you do in practice on, you know, uh, during the offseason and stuff with your own teammates. Not against a rival game, against at home. I'm like, who the heck? Like, that's some type of basketball type talk. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not doing that. And first of all, you're probably trying to set me up. Like, you're going to take it. E- so, you know, if you're wide open, can you just drop the ball, Tony? If I don't, you know, <laughs> is, that, is that okay? Can you not block me, you know, on a crackdown block, you know, when they're doing this or whatever? But I'm like, dude, listen, I'm not playing that stuff, Tony. But I knew then I had him. I mean, for someone to tell you to back off, that right away is showing like, oh, I own this guy. But you'll never see it. You'll never hear about it. You never. But again, like I said, I have a nice video that I like to make editing and all this stuff. I'm going to I'm gonna launch it at the right time. Send yeah. it to us. We'll, we'll definitely take it. Yeah. We'll definitely take and post it. We are talking to former Raiders, Lions, and Safety, Stuart Schweigert. Stu, we really appreciate you joining us. You're awesome. You really are. I want to get you on again. Uh, your stories are fantastic. You really are. Oh. Oh, dude, that you, I, that was like not even the peak, dude. Like, there's, I have a lot of, I have a lot of funny, 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 funny. I would, we would love to, and I'll have Speedy uh, reach out to you again. I want to get you on uh, before the season's over. One of my my favorite Mm -hmm. players, yes, a guy that I know that you'll you'll appreciate, a guy I trained with, who's who's a friend of mine who I want to reconnect with is uh, Jericho Cotri. Oh, I think I've reached out to him too, trying to get him on the show too. If you, if you get a hold of him, please, please let me know because that guy, he's a, he's a very, very close friend of mine that I'd love to reconnect with. And I did spend some time with the G men in in New York. We know, we know. Yeah. Yes. 2008. Right. I remember that. No, I remember that. Another, another great, Jet Eric Smith from Michigan yeah. State. Oh uh, yes, Eric Smith was a good jet, and I'm um, actually I did a show with Eric. Uh, um, Eric Coleman. Eric Coleman. Don't worry, you were drafted higher oh, than him dude, in 2004. Eric was my dude, yeah. man, from Washington State. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry, you were drafted higher pick. than him. Eric is big out here now. He's got his own show on MSG. Well, well, see, here's you know, the thing. So I helped coach, him, man. I my helped coach him. Coach Kenny Green at Purdue. My first three years is from Washington State was actually the first white safety drafted before Adam Archuleta in the first round, but coached yeah. Eric. He left and coached Eric my senior year. And now Eric Coleman, dude, I'm like, it's I'm like, dude, yeah, can you slow down on the curls, dude? Yeah, Jesus. He's, he's I, I, he I think I've reached out to Archuleta, too. That's funny. He likes to show off. He, he likes to show off. But LaDale Thompson, he finished him. his career in, yes. in New York, correct? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. He's a great player. Yes. Great player. Uh, Rob Ryan was my D coordinator in Oakland. And obviously his brother Rex. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy that was a great player of mine that was in, in, in the jets was um, um, from, from Wisconsin, Jim Leonard. Mm-hmm. Great, great now the player. Interim coach there. Their coach just got fired. <laughs> He's going to be wait, a great what? coach. Yeah. Uh, Paul Chris just got fired or stepped down or something really? this weekend. Yeah. I was just broke out. Is he the interim? Is he the yeah, interim? Jim Leonard is the interim coach now. That would make sense. Yeah, he's he's a badass dude, badass. Um, who else? As far as Jets was was um, uh, 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 God, the quarterback that played forever, Josh McCown. Was he out there? Yes, he was. He played great for, teammate, yes. great athlete, great great player. Um, God, who else? As far as the Jets go, uh, some of their running, they they had a was a road not roads, um, tight end Y. Oh. Dustin Keller. Yeah. Dustin Keller, yes. Oh, yeah. He was a freshman when yeah. I was a senior, and he's from the town. He's from Lafayette, where, where Purdue is. Uh, 
uh, Cody Spencer. He was out yes. there in New York for a little bit. He came. He was drafted with me in uh, in Oakland. So uh, it's you'd be amazed at how small. Oh, the, I'm sure it's it's small. it's it's, it's crazy. Football is if like it's like any other sport. When you're you're in a brotherhood, you're in a brotherhood, and you you know everybody. It's and like, I will say this, guys: there are way more bad. That's that's pretty bad English. Way more bad coaches and front office people than there are good ones. You, I mean, it's it's amazing. Like you think the higher you go up, like the be- the better it would be, and it, it's it's guys just hiring their drinking buddies, dude. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, believe me, Errol and I both learned that as yeah. Giants and Jets fans. Yes, recently. <laughs> still. We thank you for your time, bud. Anytime, guys. Shoot, anytime. Speedy will reach out to you. I, I, I'll definitely reach out to you again, and I definitely want to see if I can get this Jericho Cotri thing to work because I think I tried reaching out. Maybe to we'll him. surprise Jericho, and we'll Dude, get you. We'll please. get you on. That would be really funny. Say, no, say, hey, man. There's this. This is like this corny white safety that like says, <laughs> like he knows you or something. And he was like, hmm. and I get as soon as you say Stu, go, ah, oh, Stu. I get that's that's. Is he where's he at? Is he coaching now or where? I, th- I I thought he was doing something in high school, but I, I'm not sure what he's doing right now. He was he was also broadcasting an analyst. He was an analyst, I think, uh, over there uh, down south for CBS too. I I'm not sure what he's okay. doing right now. Yeah, I think okay. with college football. Yeah, like that, yeah. I'm not sure what he's doing. Or one but... of the one of the other networks, ACC. Yeah, guys, dude, let me know, man. Um, I'd love to. I'd love to have. I actually would love to have you guys on my show. Absolutely, anytime you want, man. We'll come on anytime you want, Stu. Absolutely, Stu. Thank you for joining us, bud. Well, we were just talking to X Raider, Lions safety, Stuart Schweigert. And by the way, great personality, good person. Told us great stories. Al Davis stories, fantastic. But we have a very special guest when we come back. A guy. That we know very, very well. Uh, we had a great interview with him the last time he came on. And he stuck it to the baseball writers. That's yeah. right. And he agrees with me. Steroids should be allowed in professional sports. When we come back, we'll be talking to AceofSpader.com. Baseball analyst and statistician, Ryan Spader. Here on the Sports Loudmouths. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mouths. Ooh, I like this. Bringing it back, baby. You are listening to the Sports Loud Mouths. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app, iOS, WWSRN, or Android. Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Shout out... To our friend and new favorite, uh, you know, football guy, uh, Stuart Schweigert, who joined us. He was fantastic. Great stories, great personality, and everything you would want when it comes to an ex-NFL player that knows his stuff and his stories. And he told us in such depth. Yeah. He really did. He was fantastic. But we have another guy. We were looking forward to getting him on, and we have him on. We're now talking to Ace of Spaders.com, baseball analyst and statistician, Ryan Spader. Ryan, buddy, what's up, man? What's happening, guys? We're happy to have you on. Sorry it took us a little while. Stuart uh, had so many great stories, and uh, when I when you listen to a guy like that, just go on with some of the stories you've never heard, or you're talking about Rod Woodson. These are Hall of Famous. Al Davis. These guys are some of the greatest uh, at their position, ownerships, and it just fantastic stories but we're we're happy to get you on uh you know we've been talking 
ever since the interview we've had you on the show, I, I talk about steroids and how I believe steroids should be allowed in professional sports and except combat sports, as we spoke about. And, and we look at guys like now Aaron Judge having the season that he's had. And the last time we had you on, we were talking about Barry Bonds. We were talking about Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire and Rafael Palmero. And now we see something like this. When you see something like this, and arguably one of the greatest seasons we've seen a baseball player have, what does this stand out to you as far as what you've seen as a statistician? Dude, I got to tell you, it's, it's really awesome and it's awesome for the game, but it's also bad for the game in my opinion, because exactly what I said would happen. And, uh, you know, I don't want to stand on my soapbox and say, you know, look at, look at me, I was right. But exactly what I said was going to happen is happening. People are crowning him the quote-unquote true home run champion. Now, personally, as somebody who has taken steroids, I, I it's difficult for me to say that it should be quote-unquote allowed, but the way that it's regulated and giving certain players uh, therapeutic use exemptions for certain things, such as HGH, it's just... It's not really fair. Not only that, it's my contention that amphetamines help you a lot more yes. than um, steroids do. Because guess what? Arnold Schwarzenegger is not the all-time home run leader. In fact, he hit zero. <laughs> I hit zero. You know, I've taken everything under the sun when I was a powerlifter. And um, I, I just I think that amphetamines, you know, this is the kind of thing that you got to – you got a day game after a night game. You're not getting to bed until sometimes 4 a.m. And, um, you know, you wake up, you're not refreshed, and you pop them. All of a sudden, you're in the best shape of your life. I've taken Adderall one time ever. Mm. Adderall, which is not even that strong. And I felt invincible. I think that Major League Baseball does a really bad job at regulating this stuff. Um, I don't think Major League Baseball players are five times more likely to have ADD than the regular population, right? which is about what it comes out to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't think, um, I don't think it's really, uh, really fair to the rest of the league, just as it wasn't fair when guys were using steroids. And we often, uh, you know, we default to Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, all of whom I, well, I will say Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire, I think were blackballed. But uh, maybe maybe not Sammy Sosa. I'm, I'm not quite sure on him. But um, it's my opinion that, as I said last time, I've got to say this now, Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire were blackballed from baseball. Mm. Well, what were the pitchers who were pitching to them taking? The same shit. Right. As everybody knows, we are talking to aceofspaders.com, baseball analyst and statistician, Ryan Bader. And and Ryan wanted us to uh, announce uh, two very important people uh, that you definitely have to follow. Alex Fuse, uh, a partner of his. Uh, check him out and follow him at Alex Fuse, F-E-U-Z, and Bu Willis, right? Is that right? Is that how you spell it? It's Bo. Bo, Bo I'm sorry. Bo Willis. Um, at B Wills, B Wills, W I L L S, and that's two, two, two. So check them out, check them both out. Uh, 
as always. And as everybody knows, we are talking to Ryan Spader. So first of all, I just want to mention so I, one, one oh, quick thing. I got yeah, yeah. I got to interrupt you quickly. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to tell you about these guys. That's awesome. Is Alex uh, was a play by play announcer for a Royals affiliate while a student. Wow. That's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Bo is writing these pieces that he's doing for me on my website in between practices as a pitcher. Wow. Amazing. Oh, Amazing it, it, where, where does he pitch, by the way? I, I don't want to mix up their schools. One of them goes to Siena, mm-hmm. and the other one goes to uh, – no, he, he's, a, he's, he's pitching in – uh, goodness, I forget the whole school's name, but a college in uh, Wisconsin. Okay. Okay. Well, then he's uh... – uh, you know, a follower of the Badgers, and I am not a Badger fan. So there you go. <laughs> you're, you're a Jim Leonard fan, so you can live with that. Now. Well, I'm a Jim Leonard fan, by the way, because he played for the Jets. That's about it. Exactly. <laughs> so now you're being roped in. Well, I'm not being roped in because I do not like the Badgers. And so, I, so are you basically admitting your hate of the Badgers is stronger I, than your love of the Jets? I don't understand why people care so much that I hate the Badgers. <laughs> I mean, seriously, every single Badger fan that listens to the show, why do you hate the Badgers? so much because i can't stand the colors i can't stand those lousy fans okay sorry i don't i don't want to uh i would be remiss if i didn't say his school is a concordia university of wisconsin i just forgot the first part of the name that's fine (laughs) that's fine but you want to know something uh honestly anywhere he plays as long as he's not playing for the badgers i like him so there you go. <laughs> Try to sell me with Jim Leonard Speedy. Uh, we are talking to aceofspaders.com baseball analyst and statistician Ryan Bader, who's one of the one of the more followed Twitter guys when it comes to Twitter handle Twitter handles when it comes to stats. This guy knows his stuff. He's got over 50,000 people that follow him on Twitter. It's fantastic what he does uh, when it comes to stats, and he has got two books. He, he's fantastic. He really is. So why don't we get into it? And, and, and baseball is all about stats now, and there's so many new stats. You have war, people are complaining about because they're like, oh, this wasn't around in, in the 50s and 60s. And now everybody's looking at the wars for, and trying to estimate what the war would be when Ted Williams played or Joe DiMaggio played or Mickey Mantle or any of those plays and it's completely different do you think the game because of these new statistics statistics has either ruined it or changed the game for the for the worse i would definitely say it changed it i don't know if it's necessarily for the worse um one thing and you said something very important right there estimate Mm -hmm. that's all these are these are estimates these are not 62 home runs in a year Wins above replacement is an estimate. And one thing that people discount, a team of zero war players would win, I believe it's 48 or 52 games. So I also advocate, instead of looking at wins above replacement, maybe check out wins above average, right. an 81 and 81 team. I think that they're very valuable. I definitely, I wouldn't say they've ruined the game. They maybe have ruined some of the awards. Right. However, I think when you take like a deeper dive into the type of numbers that are available to us, things that have changed the game greatly are, they're not these, uh, these analytical numbers. They're things like heat maps, right? Mm. All of a sudden we got three guys on one side of the infield. The only, the only, the only player ever before this that I recall uh, even seeing and of course I wasn't alive at the time was Ted Williams who, who would have three infielders on one side of them. And Ted 
he was so good he would just say, screw it, I'll hit the ball the other way. So I don't think it's uh, necessarily ruining the game, but it's certainly changing it, and it's changing the rules. Mm. Uh, we're going to see this uh, rule where you're not allowed to have somebody behind the bag at second base here shortly. I hate it. I think it's stupid. <laughs> um, but it's going to add value to really good shortstops right. because as soon as that ball's released – they're going to sprint to that position. It's changing it drastically. It's difficult for me to say if it's for the better or for the worse. Didn't you even mention last time we had you on that they like like changed the formula in certain years too, and they keep they keep modifying many it? times. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, that's so, a tough. To that's judge. why I always bounce between. I, I can't remember if it's forty eight or fifty two wins for wins above replacement. Yeah. But you'll see if you go on like for example, Fangraphs or Baseball Reference, you'll see. From year to year, certain players' war will change. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. You and this that. guy hasn't played for, you know, 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that, like, it'll jump, like, two points out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, oh, that's the beginning of the new value. Wait, no. Was this the value in 2007 or Maybe 2015? Maybe it was because he died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be, oh, be... <laughs> isn't that amazing? Like, you know, you let somebody in the Hall of Fame the moment they died. Like, what? <laughs> How how much how much of it? I, I forget. Are we allowed to? Swear yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you could. Yeah. How much of an asshole are you to say you're not a Hall of Famer, and then the guy dies, and you're like, okay, you can come in now. <laughs> I, it's crazy how baseball and they vote now, and these writers they they pick and choose just because they hate the guy, they like the guy, they like the way they interviewed, even though his numbers are. Somewhere around that, because baseball is different now. You, you, most of these pitchers, they the only way they could get in is if they had 300 wins. Now they're saying pitchers' ERA and WHIP is down, you know, and they're one of the more dominant numbers for pitchers. Now they could get into the Hall of Fame even if they have 170 wins. Right? They're it's look, crazy. They're because of the innings. They're going to look at other things too, like strikeouts per nine innings pitched and something like yeah, stuff like it's that. changed. So that and be more I, valuable. I understand. I understand why baseball is doing that, and I, I understand why baseball wants to change. I don't agree with Rob Manfred. I think he's an idiot. Uh, I've said this over and over again on this show, and I can't wait until 2024 when he loses his job because I believe the next guy to take over for baseball is Theo Epstein. I really do believe that. They need a guy that actually knows the game a little bit better than the guy that's just because, because of one guy named Bud who gives him a job because he loves him so much and probably does other things all off air or whatever they do, you know, behind the scenes to each other. <laughs> I don't want to say it on my radio, but uh, you know, Bud Selig, you know, everybody knows about him. Why is Bud Selig in the Hall of Fame and George Steinbrenner isn't? I wonder why, because um, you know, George Steinbrenner changed the game for the better, and Bud Selig ruined the game for the worst. So uh, you know, Bud doesn't want. Bud wants to take all the credit for what happened in the nineties when steroids was around and he doesn't want to take uh, all the abuse and the blame for baseball for what has happened over the years with Alex Rodriguez and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds and Gary Sheffield. The guy's a moron. Okay. And I'm sorry. I don't care if baseball never hires me as an analyst. The truth is baseball likes to cover things for the worst, not for the better. And I think the game needs a smart guy to take over that actually understands what it takes to be a good 
uh, Samaritan when it comes to the sport of baseball. I think the baseball doesn't have that, and that's why Rob Manfred is the worst commissioner in sports. We are talking to aceofspaders.com baseball analyst and statistician Ryan Spader. All right, we'll just have to go back to the what we mentioned at the end of the interview last time. We'll have uh, Bud Selig be the commissioner of the league, and you could be the Hall of Fame commissioner. I would love Sp- – at least so, Ryan knows what he's doing. I, I actually I want to comment on some of the things you said there because uh, <laughs> a lot of that really hits home. Something that is a little bit under – like, and I may have mentioned this last time. I, I do so, mon- so many shows that sometimes I forget what I said where, <laughs> so stop me if I already said it. But first of all, the reason Bud Selig is in the Hall of Fame is because he quote-unquote saved baseball. He didn't <laughs> save baseball. Mark McGuire chasing that record saved baseball. Mm-hmm. Cal Ripken – save baseball. Um, Bud Selig enabled these guys to do what they were doing. And not only that, but then if you go into like the depths of what was going on, Rob Manfred was hired to do like, maybe uh, he was probably already working for baseball, but he was, yes. His part of his job was to like investigate this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then we have George Mitchell, who is a known uh, person who went to Epstein Island, mm-hmm. who was a politician. He's a rapist. George Mitchell, we got the Mitchell Report, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every single team was on the Mitchell Report except for one team, the team that he was working for. To me, that automatically invalidates the Mitchell Report. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Automatically. Wow. I will tell you right now, I met Bud Selig at Edgar Martinez's uh, Hall of Fame induction. Edgar's a friend. He invited me to his Hall of Fame induction. I met Bud Selig there. I even took a picture with him. He is one of the most charming human beings I have ever encountered. (laughs) That is part of the reason he's in the Hall of Fame. This man can talk his way into anything. I was so impressed by him. And uh, that's one thing that I am impressed. People who are good with uh, with, uh, networking, you know? Mm -hmm. And... He was you a car also, salesman, so he knows how to sell cars. So, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You also alluded to the fact that uh, Major League Baseball tends to skirt responsibility. What about amphetamines and cocaine? Yep. They just went 1985 Pittsburgh drug trials, steroids and performance-enhancing drugs, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, etc. Juice baseballs, that was Rowling's fault. Mm. Questionable use of technology, that was the Astros' fault. It goes on and on. They never take responsibility for anything, and it drives me mad. I'm, I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were uh, trying to dodge blame for like all those spitball incidents there used to be in like the '60s. So, mm-hmm. and now you see what Garrett Cole's going through. I mean, he's given up the most home runs in the MLB this year. Yes, he has the most strikeouts. But uh, ever since Spider Tap, uh, yep. and, and this has been going Invisible on. Like spider Tap. But, but this has been going on since the fifties, the forties. The spitball. Did anybody watch uh, Major League? Yeah, and, and what's right. his name again? He was telling him that he put snot on the ball. Remember what he was talking <laughs> yeah. to Charlie? Yeah, he puts peppers in his nose. Yes, <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, this has been going on in baseball for forever. So why is it a, a surprise that Rob Manfred sets these rules now? Because Rob Manfred heard, heard all the complaints by. Other players, other 
um, other GMs and, and obviously managers on other teams saying that they're cheating. And now all of a sudden he's playing for the Yankees. He can't cheat anymore. So you know what? He's worthless. Like half the players in the major league are when they find out what they're doing behind you know closed doors or maybe in front of you and you don't see it. Grabbing their hats, grabbing their crotches. You know, I mean, seriously, it's the, the game is just ridiculous. Why can't we just keep it to the old way of the way the game? I agree with you. Amphetamines have ruined the game, and and, and we all know amphetamines have been around in the sixties and the fifties. Amphetamines have been around forever, but nobody, nobody says that that's an enhancing drug and that's helped players. But you got guys like Barry Bonds who just, he was a fantastic player, saw the ball as well as he did. He didn't do any amphetamines. He just, he he felt like he wanted to stay on the field. He wanted to make sure that he could play 162 games and break records. And he did that. And before that, he was, he was a Hall of Famer. 400 home runs, 400 stolen bases. Nobody's even going to come close to those numbers. Ever. The guy's the greatest player to ever play the game. And he is never going to be respected by the Hall of Fame because, I'm sorry, he did steroids for what? Seven out of his, what, 20-some-odd years playing baseball? It is an absolute catastrophe. It really is. So, first of all, because it's kind of my thing, let me drop that Barry Bonds stat on you because I, I don't know if I've told you guys this before, but this is going to blow your mind if not. He had 334 home runs and 380 stolen bases through 1996. (laughs) No other player in baseball history has eclipsed both of those totals. (laughs) Wow. Throw out everything else. He could have walked off the field right then. No other player is close Mm -hmm. to what he did in terms of power and speed. And by the way, eight gold gloves uh, too. Eight gold gloves. Oh, yeah. Yes. When it comes to amphetamines, people just don't fully understand what these things do to you. I'm telling you, the one time I took Adderall, I walked across the Susquehanna River at three in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. In November. (laughs) (laughs) Pennsylvania. We got to introduce you to Kenny then because Kenny likes to, you know, chase geese. So I, I, no, I'm, I said after I, after that happened, I was like, I am never touching this again. I, I felt invincible, man. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not even kidding you. And honestly, it was after uh, about ten hours of uh, fishing mm-hmm. uh, all day out in the sun, and uh, probably about thirteen beers or so. <laughs> Maybe we need our uh, our comic uh, the guy, the comic guy we had on the show to give yeah. uh, give Ryan a superhero power oh. when he has when he takes it Adderall. I, I've taken Adderall too, and actually. Recently, I took Adderall. It's it's actually funny. Um, I my friend gave me a couple of them, and he says, "Dude, if you try, if you get on, if you even try one of these things, you'll be able to do eight things at once and remember everything that you're doing at the same time when you're doing it." And I popped it, and I was like, "Ah, you know, I, I I've tried I've tried crazier things, but as soon as it hit me, man, I I could do." Honestly, you're right. I could I could probably run and read a book at the same time and 
and and probably <laughs> and listening listening to the Yankees. Hopefully, it's my book. Yeah, <laughs> I'm serious. It's crazy what it does to you, and it, you, it makes you like a super. That's why people study with it, and they take tests, and they study for hours on this stuff because it lasts forever. And it's not like cocaine. When cocaine, you know, after the high goes down, it, within 20, 25 minutes, this thing lasts you for at least two, three, four hours. And and you can do so many different things when you're doing it. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's crazy. It really is. So it, you're right, Ryan. It's it's something that you've never tried. And if you've tried it before, you know what we're talking about. And, and these baseball players, there are a ton of it. I know Jeff Bagwell was doing amphetamines. I know he was. Okay, I know for a fact he was because I know somebody that knows him. So it's there are a lot of baseball players that are in the Hall of Fame right now that maybe they didn't do steroids, but it's just as bad by doing amphetamines. I absolutely agree with you. I absolutely and I think. Yeah, but then oftentimes Major League Baseball says, "Hey, it's okay. Therapeutic use exemption. (laughs) Nobody talks about TUEs. I don't understand why. Right? Like Chris Davis. Do you remember when he got suspended? Yep. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. He's still getting paid Carlos by Baltimore, Ruiz. by the way. Car- yeah, awesome. <laughs> Good for him. Do you remember uh, when Carlos Ruiz got suspended? Yes. These guys, they got suspended because they had expired TUEs. Yep. Because they didn't renew with their freaking TUEs. They had them the year before, and they just kept taking their meds and didn't renew. It- it's ridiculous to me, man. Yeah, I wish Carlos Ruiz stayed suspended as a Mets fan. <laughs> I know you're a Phillies fan. I know you took the opposite, which, congratulations, they finally made the playoffs. They broke that drought finally. I'm happy for them, and I think they're going to be very dangerous in the playoffs. I do. I think that lineup yeah. is really good. So <laughs> I was going to say, I was actually going to uh, say, I was going to try to close out with this, but yeah. I'll, tell, I'll say it now since you bring it up. Um, I should have my office finished up by the time that they win the uh, wild card series. And uh, I'm hoping you guys will have me back on. Absolutely. And I promise I'll have the video that time. I will actually speedy. will get you on, you know, in the next week, week and a half. I want to give a shout out to your guys, Alex fuse, check them out at, at Alex F E U Z and Bo Willis, Bo Wills uh, at B Wills W I L L S 222. And, uh, Ryan, you're awesome. You really, I've always, you know, when we had John the first time, I told Speedy it was a great interview. And me and you agree on a lot of different things when it comes to baseball and sports. And I think, I think sports is, is lost in what is going on behind, I, I guess you could say, closed doors. And I think what Bud Selig did, what, what the league is doing right now to the game of baseball, it's an absolute catastrophe. I, I, I don't like the game of baseball and what it's turning into. I think it's a joke. I think it's a joke. Well, well, to your point, and um, I've told you before, mm-hmm. I, I have to say this now by my lawyer's recommendation, that it is my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the, um, the judge home run chase mm-hmm. was orchestrated. Yes. I think he was seeing no offense to the Yankees. I think the Yankees were getting different baseballs. I think we saw that Yankees games were getting different baseballs. Uh, so both teams to, you know, make it fair. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, there's probably no other better example than the fact that Anthony Rizzo hit 32 home runs of his own. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think those baseballs for the Yankees were juiced. I think Major League Baseball won it. Aaron Judge to hit 74 home runs. The way that I look at it is like, what's the most popular team in the U.S.? 
The Yankees. the Yankees. What's the most popular team outside of the U.S.? The Yankees. The Yankees. Trying to grow the game. They wanted Aaron Judge to have a home run record. That's why we're touting this nonsensical AL record. Who holds the NFC and AFC passing yards record? I no. think Peyton Manning has the AFC. NFC? I would guess Brett yeah. Favre, but I'm not sure. Brett Favre, I think. Yeah, you would guess, right? Yeah. Because it's not a thing. You mm-hmm. don't split up the leagues right. and say single season record. It's, it's just not a thing. Right. And then the other thing... To be honest with you, I I hate to say it, and I hate disparaging what people have done. Right. Um, because Judge, hey, circumstances permit it, and he hit 62 home runs. That's freaking awesome. Yes. Um, Polhos hit 700 home runs. And By the way, congratulations awesome. to all of a Pulse. sudden, all of a sudden, Polhos is back to his old self. Yeah. I, I have a difficult time believing that. Mm. And I, you know, maybe I'm wrong. It's, it's fine. I, I just, I don't trust major league baseball after they messed with the baseball in 2019 mm. and they lied about it and it was proven. Um, funny enough, uh, Meredith Wills, mm-hmm. who's not related to Bo Wills, Meredith Wills proved this. She is a, like literally a rocket scientist. <laughs> she proved this with aerodynamics that Major League Baseball screwed with the balls. She had something like 100 baseballs and was cutting them open and was doing all kinds of tests on this. Wow. They screwed with the baseballs in 2019. That's fascinating. I we all know that. that. I believe that, yes. And so I, I kind of think um, I kind of think that they did the same thing this year. Uh, but because they got caught, the reason they got caught in 2019 was because the home run numbers were up. Mm. So how do you uh, mitigate that? Well, you only give those baseballs to certain teams. Mm. Interesting. I, I mean, I, I said um, – the other thing I said was um, – actually, I, I tweeted it on May 9th. You know what's going to be hilarious? When the ball starts flying out again after it's switched out around mid-June um, when baseball is the only game in town. Meaning, you know, hockey's done, NBA is done. Mm -hmm. MLB will attribute it to the weather. Then at the end of the season, they'll tell us ignorance, you know, me, (laughs) how the numbers are par for the course. But we can see they're not. Mike Trout has 39 home runs in 117 games. Yes. Aaron Judge has 62 home runs. I mean, the dude's got a ton of pop, but he's also, what, 30, 31 years old? Uh, 30 years old. Thirty going to be thirty one next year in April twenty twenty fifth I think is his birthday birthday yeah you buying him a cake or something no I'm, I'm actually <laughs> born, hey, you're the Phillies fan your 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 team is the one recruiting I'm him I'm born I'm born April 29th. <laughs> so you know I know Aaron Judge is right around my birthday I'm busting your stones I remember I know you are I know too. I know I know you are but yeah maybe Philly the Phillies get him in the offseason but don't we'll see don't worry don't worry nothing is still as coincidental as the uh, the Pittsburgh baseball coach having the exact birthday issue. that's true <laughs> yeah yeah we right and for the FYI we had, we had a pitching coach this was during COVID um. Who, who the coach for Pitt, uh, the head baseball coach Jerry Oaks is his name. Actually, shared the same exact birthday as we're the we're the same age, same birthday. We're at the same the same game where playoff game where uh, what's his name again? Was it Doc Gooden pitched the? No, was it? Oh, oh it was David Wells' perfect David game. David Wells' That's perfect right. game. Yes. Yeah, I forgot David about that. David Wells' perfect game. We were <laughs> both at, and we were almost in the same area when we were watching the game. It was it was absolutely ridiculous, and uh, so, yeah. 
Sorry, go ahead, Gun. No, bad. no, no. It was just, it I just wanted just to tell you that it's it just, just a great ridiculous. coincidence. It's it's a really ridiculous story. It really is. So I love that you brought up David Wells because, first of all, I love that perfect game specifically because I have a shit ton of memorabilia. Most of it has been like gifts. David Wells is one of the only ones that I've actually purchased. I purchased a photo signed by him of his perfect game hmm. specifically because, you know, it's it's come out that he was hammered during it, <laughs> which I think I think is freaking awesome. He was. He that. had, I would say, one of the greatest tweets I've ever seen. He posted a, a photo of him and his wife on his anniversary, right? <laughs> and his wife is gorgeous. Um, and somebody said something along the lines of, you're lucky you're rich because <laughs> she didn't even look at you, fat boy. He responded, he responded yeah, you ain't shitting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love David Wells. I always loved him. I, uh, I actually, right? It's funny you brought that up. I actually never knew that until we had Jerry on the show. He mentioned that he was like, like hung over the night before or whatever. He's a good dude, yeah. David. David Wells. He forgot it was pitching. Yeah, <laughs> David Wells. And by the way, David Wells' wife is Nina Fisher, and that's her name. So. Uh, and she is a very beautiful woman. So, uh, but I'm happy for David. You know, he, maybe he's right, but he had a pretty good career: 239, 157. He almost has a hundred more wins. I mean, he's a borderline Hall of Famer if you look at his statistics. I mean, but he won't get in with the stubborn no, riders, right, no, Ryan? No. No, you know, it, it's funny. I, I'm I'm kind of glad we circled back to this because, you know, we were talking about it earlier, and I do think that the writers pick and choose, and it's unfortunate because I think. I think 74% of baseball writers are awesome. Mm. They're unbiased. They are great at what they do, right? But as we know, it only takes one in four or, you know, a little bit more than one in four, 26% mm-hmm. to ruin it for everybody. Absolutely. Kurt Schilling is not in the Hall of Fame. Um, I don't understand that either. Roy Holiday was not as good of a pitcher as Kurt Schilling. Nope. Schilling didn't have the Cy Young Awards. Uh, simply because, you know, he pitched in an era with Pedro Martinez, mm. Randy Johnson, right? Roy Holiday's got a pair of them. I don't – I mean, I, I think it's kind of ridiculous when you uh, you turn around and you're like, hey, this guy has this award, so he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Mm. Well, you're the same people who voted for those awards. <laughs> so why does that make any sense? The other thing is – Ironically, the reason why um, why BBWA leaves Schilling off the ballot oftentimes is they cite the character clause. Mm. These are the same people who made him one of only two players ever to win every single character award. <laughs> wow. Every single award for charity, sportsmanship, he has won. And it was voted on by these guys. Ridiculous. It is. And that's baseball for you. But, Ryan, as always, we we respect you. We love you. We're going to get you on after the Philadelphia Phillies. Who who are they playing the uh, wild card? Not defined yet. It'll either be the Cardinals or the Mets. I hope they don't play the Cardinals because I think the Cardinals beat them. I think they wanted to lose tonight, to be honest with you. um, I hope it's not the Cardinals. As a Mets fan, I really don't don't want to play the Padres. I don't think they wanted to play the Mets. Well, I'd rather... I'd rather see the Cardinals versus the Mets because then if the Mets... No, the Cardinals can't play the Mets. It would be either the Cardinals-Padres or Cardinals-Phillies. All right. 
So if then Wait, the Mets the will play the other one. Can still play the Mets, can't they? No, because the Mets There's... are locked into the first wild card. Mm-hmm. So the Cardinals will play either the Padres or the Phillies, whichever one is the second wild card, and then the third wild card. Didn't Atlanta lose tonight? Yeah, no, they, oh, won. No, they Atlanta won. 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 Atlanta clinched the division. They're locked in on two. So the Cardinals would play the oh, lower sure. the lower that. seed of the Phillies and the Padres, and the Mets would play the other one. Yep. Ryan. You're the best. We'll, we'll, we'll be getting you on very, very soon because I definitely want to see that video and I definitely want to talk a little bit of the divisional series if you Philadelphia Phillies make it to the next All right, just do me, do, me, do me a huge favor. Absolutely. Next time, mm-hmm. don't make me follow an NFL safety <laughs> because I can't compete with that. <laughs> don't worry. You'll be our headliner, okay? <laughs> if, the, if the Phillies win, that's fine. Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, if you if you guys want and you're hurting for guests, I'll even uh, come on and uh, give you my bracket. As you know, I bet on every single baseball game every year. Really, wow. all of them. Quite well with it this year. Uh, much better than last year. Last year I did okay. Um, I you know I still made money, but um, uh, this year I. I did really well. Good. And yeah. so, awesome. um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm actually going to have uh, Bo and Alex awesome. fill out a bracket as well. Awesome. So uh, if you guys want to talk that stuff. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. We get a lot Alex of guests. Alex has actually been on our Speedy, show in the past. Speedy gets so. a lot. Yeah, of, I know. I love that. Yeah, That's yeah. great. He's Speedy awesome. Get, Speedy gets a lot of great guests and we're, we're always, but you're one of our favorites and we'll definitely get you on again very soon and uh, hear what you got to say, man. We really appreciate it, bud. Yeah, thanks for the time, guys. This was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Uh, honestly, whenever I'm talking baseball with you guys, I I just want to crack open a beer and shoot the shit. I don't want to. I got <laughs> just don't you, take man. Adderall before you do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could do something else. That doesn't matter to us. Just don't tell Rob Manford you're doing it. <laughs> so, hold on. Last, last thing I got for you, and then I, I know you guys got to cut the break. You definitely do an awesome Al Pacino, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I could probably do an awesome Al Pacino, you know, but I, I think wa- you're going to see a guy. <laughs> <laughs> everybody says, everybody says when they, when they hear me and, and stuff like that, they say, you have a very unique voice. And then some people say you have a New York voice. And then sometimes you say, you just, you sound very, you sound very angry. You know what I'm saying? When I first met you, I thought you sounded like Joe Pesci. It was like, yeah, everybody's back and forth with it, but it's it's great. I I like to entertain people, and and we, you know, anybody anybody that comes on the show, and even the crazy people like Kenny, who's going to be on in just a few moments. When you, we like to give people an opportunity to to take their platform and and show show the fans that are listening to us, or even the fans that hate us the different attitude and a different look and outlook to what sports should be, not what sports is today. And I think, uh, I think sports is just, I, 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 I'm a big sports guy and I, I don't watch as much sports as I used to, because I think sports has become washed up and terrible. And I, and I think <laughs> it, it just, it, it makes me sick to my stomach. It really does. And, and the people that are running these organizations, the, the commissioners of their sports, have absolutely been uh, not only I'm I'm going to say it to be very nice. This is the word to be nice. They're jerk offs. That's what they are, and they should really look in the mirror and say, you know what? What do I have to do to make this game better? What do I have to do to make the the sport more interesting to watch? Not how am I going to make more money and how am I going to ruin the sport more? 
And that is what the game is changed to. And I don't care what anybody says. I played a lot of sports. I was an athlete. I know what it's like to understand the way and the transition of what the game is now and what it was 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. So uh, I agree with everything that you say. I follow your Twitter. I, I I agree with. Wait, every- I hope I follow both of you. You guys, do. Right? I think. You yeah, do. no, yeah. you. Do. I yes. definitely follow you. I yes, know that I think you're. <laughs> right. I think you're a bright man, and I I think it, you know there's a reason why fifty thousand people follow you. So um, I, I think sixty four. So I'm sorry. Two hundred and forty one. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm a couple. Hey, thousand numbers now. are my thing. All right. All right. Well, ne- next time we get you on, we'll, we'll have to. We'll both of us will make a random guess on how many followers you exactly. have at that point, exactly. and we'll see who's closer without looking. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I'm probably about to grow here with uh, Elon buying Twitter. We'll we'll see here because I've been uh, a little bit. Uh, I believe shadow banned, but we'll we'll that's that's another discussion. Well, you got to give us some. Of your, I don't. Some of your I don't want to keep Kenny waiting. So, uh, Ryan, you're the awesomest, and we will have you on soon, bud. We really appreciate you. All right, all right. I promise. Last time, uh, no video. All right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Ryan Spader, ladies and gentlemen, a fan of the show and a friend of the show and one of the better statisticians in the industry. So a very smart guy and knows his thing and knows his game. So uh, when we come back, yes, Kenny, you've been waiting long enough. Kenny TV and his boy, Joe Booney, joining us here. On the Sports Loudmouths. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. 631-670-3108 is the number to call. Check us out by going to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, which is Apple, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Shout out to Ryan Bader. We great guest, Speedy. Really was. Uh, uh, safety, Stuart uh, Schwager. 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 I'm, I'm so bad with names. And Ryan Spader, as always, fantastic personality. These guys, great story. And, and Ryan knows his stuff. If, if you guys have not checked out Ryan, and check him out. On his Twitter, his posts are fantastic, and he knows his stuff. He he really does. And listen, he doesn't kiss anybody's ass. He tells you how it is, and that's what I love about him. And now another guy that uh, I guess doesn't kiss people's ass, but uh, likes to uh, smoke his reefer uh, or wax or whatever the hell he likes to do, and drinks his liquor and uh, has his little fun chasing geese. Our friend and his buddy. Kenny, a.k.a. Ken TV, and Joe Booney. Kenny, what's going on? Thank you for giving, giving us the time. Sorry we didn't get you on at 9 o'clock, but how are you? I'm walking up Mr. Ryan right now. Well, there you go. You better follow Ryan because Ryan has 64,000 people that follow him. As you, you heard, his numbers are high, a lot higher than yours. How many people follow you on Twitter, Kenny? Uh, a thousand something. Really? Is, is Speedy, you believe that? You, do, we have to check out Ken TV. And I guess is so. he cheating or something? Are you doing something? All right, I'll investigate. Uh, I, I, I think sometimes, man, may, maybe you have a lot of uh, you know of those weed pot smokers following you. Is that true? Possibly. I got Mr. Ryan. I'm on the case. And how are you, Joe? We this is the first time we're meeting you. I thank you for waiting. Uh, we've been a very 
busy show tonight. How are you? It's an honor. It's a pleasure. When uh, Kenny TV told me last uh, week on my show on Joe Sports Channel that uh, I'd love to have you on this uh, podcast, it would be an honor. I love sports. I love talking sports. And, you know, Kenny TV, he loves those giants. I'm always on those giants. Just so you know, we're not a podcast. We are a live radio show. We air on 103.9 FM here on Long Island, the number one rate sports radio show here on the island. Um, and uh, we we do a live show digitally. We we make sure that people know it does. You know, we do let people see listen to it as a podcast if they miss it yeah, live. Thanks for directing me. Thanks yes, but I, I I love that you're an Aaron Rodgers fan. I do love I that. Yeah. So that takes away anything that you just said, my friend. By the way, the lie detector does say Kenny is indeed telling the truth. <laughs> One thousand one hundred three followers. Oh, there he goes. Uh, you know, Kenny's a popular guy on Twitter. I mean, Snug yeah. follows him too. Snug loves you, man. Kenny, I mean, Kenny you can't, you're dressed up a little bit with the little the suit jacket you got there. I dress up occasionally. You know, Kenny is. Short Short with words, he always is. He doesn't really have a, a lot of things to say, but when he does, it definitely. What we're going to do? Shake and bake. Oh, uh, we are going to do the shake and bake. I'm going to have you guys join us for our new segment. It's going to be fun. Right. Are you guys ready for shake and bake? Sure, go right ahead, man. Are you ready, Joe? Yes, let's go. All right, here we go. Speedy hit it. Shake and bake. Shake and bake. This is the Shake and Bake Sports Minute. That just happened. Shake and bake. All right, this will be our first Shake and Bake segment. Speedy, are you ready? Yep. So let's explain to them how you play Shake and Bake. So I, I, uh, you're going to describe it a little better. I have. What we're going to do is make this a humorous segment. A lot of funny things that have happened, crazy things that have happened in sports. A lot of it for today will be football, just because there's a uh, lot of a lot of craziness, especially with the uh, the Tom Brady stuff recently. But yeah, so yeah. Shake and Bake, are you going to roll with it? You think it's too crazy? Whatever you want to, however you want to analyze it. If you agree with it, you're going to bake it. And if you disagree with it, you're going to shake it. Agree and disagree with both of, you know, any of the topics that we're getting in. You just say shake it big, okay? So it's very simple. It's very easy. Speedy, you got some music? You know, play uh, some I have music. the football music. All right, yeah, play yeah. some football music. Uh, yeah. but, uh, Most of these are football anyway. All right, you ready? Here we go. All right, so we'll start. We'll start with the with the Tom Brady one. It is announced that both Tom Brady and Giselle have a, a divorce lawyers, and we also saw last week that Antonio Brown decided to get out of the fun too, posting a picture on Instagram of him and Giselle after the Super Bowl. Who knows what's going to happen at this point? So, do they get divorced? And then also, is there another NFL player potentially in the sight with these celebrity relationships the way they go? <laughs> we know Brad Pitt's having his uh, little fun okay, with Emily. So you said if you. Shake. Disagree with it. You there you disagree. go, Kenny. You could go first. Because the honorary segment because you're yeah. on the show. I, I think that that probably is BS. So I guess I'm gonna disagree. So is that you're gonna shake? Sh- so you're gonna shake it? Shake it. Shake it. You're gonna shake it. Shout it. You gotta stand up and shake it now. You gotta oh, stand God. up and shake it. <laughs> right, there, there, there you go. go. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll shake it. All right, and Joe. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna shake it as well. I don't. I think it's BS. I think Tom Brady and his wife will come back together. Really? Media things going on. I think I think it's be, be okay. I think, you know, she's been with him this long, 13 years plus. Give him one more year. Give the guy. This guy is the greatest quarterback of all time. <laughs> well, that 360 million dollar contract. From uh, Fox Sports doesn't hurt either. I can tell you that no, right now. Still loves the game, right? He still has it. <laughs> How about you, Speedy? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of with them, but I also think it could force some kind of vendetta with the football in season where with Tom Brady or the other way around where they end up either not seeing each other for a while or get permanently separated. I'm going to still agree with them for the time being, but I do think there will be some other vendetta that happens. I am going to bake it, baby. Tom Brady is done with Giselle. 
Tommy Boy is going to be – that's why Tom's not playing so well this year. I, I really do believe it has something to do with his relationship. When the season is over, you're going to hear a lot more. Uh, by the way, there's a story that just came out, uh, breaking news, that Tom Brady's wife just reached out to a divorce lawyer. So there is truth Ooh. to it. I believe uh, that relationship could be very much over. I don't think and I don't believe she wanted him to go back to football because of all the different things that she promised her uh, going into the offseason last year. What are you laughing at? No, I'm laughing at Snook. But there was so, a promise five years ago. He said he wants to play until he's 45. If you love the guy, you stay with the guy. I guess so, but we'll see. So <laughs> I got baked. So we'll see what happens. We'll see who's right. Speedy will keep tabs uh, on this. Here we right. go. Uh, before I answer the next one, Stuck says, I've got a date with Giselle on Friday night. We're going to get cupcakes sampling <laughs> in Napa. Yeah, you could join uh, You could join the Raiders trading facility, like Stuart was saying. <laughs> oh, God. All right, let's, we'll do another NFL one. Uh, Baker Mayfield, booed by Panthers fans. Well, it's Halloween right around the corner, so we've seen Sam Donald seeing ghosts and Baker Mayfield getting booze. What's next? So do we see any Halloween memorabilia for either one of those quarterbacks from Panthers fans or from NFL fans? Go ahead, Kenny. What do you got? Shake and bake. I'm not sure. Oh, so you're not sure you're going to say shake and bake. Okay. Joe, what do you got? I'm going to go shake and bake as well. Really? How about you, Speedy? I think they're going to do it. I'm definitely thinking that's going to happen. So you're baking it. I'm baking it. I think that's going to happen. I think you look at the Panthers already. They have uh, a a Black Panther as their logo as it is. They can make a good costume thing out of that. Sam Donald seeing ghosts if he struggles. If they bench him for Baker Mayfield or vice versa, who knows at this rate. I know the Browns fans will have fun with it, too, at some point. Listen, uh, Baker Mayfield loves to go out there running around his, uh, you know, college naked. So uh, I, I would believe that he would dress up like Chucky when he's on the field. So I am absolutely going to bake it. So give me a bake for that one. All right, we'll do a one baseball one. Uh, Garrett Cole, the Red Sox fans mocked him as Kermit. Uh, we will see another team try to do that with the Kermit impression, especially with the Astros, Garrett Cole's former team, if they meet up in the, in the LCS. Kenny. Bake. Oh, so you agree with that, really? So you think the Astros? Yeah, I mean, if, some, if one team's mocking you, other teams will join. It's obvious. It's comedy. Huh. It's part of the playoffs. As well as you following geese and, and chasing <laughs> geese, right? Right. But I stopped doing that a while ago. Yeah, because you want to save your YouTube, you know, your, your YouTube, uh, you know, uh, yeah. channel and make sure that it comes back. And you don't want any of these uh, animal rights people to attack you on social media. Am I right? Right. Or you'd be chasing them, too. <laughs> How about you, Joe? What do you got? I'm going to go with Kenny, too. I think they're going to mock him. I think they're going to be shaking big. Really? Mm. Yeah, I think so. But I do, you know what? I, I do think the Yank, this is the year for the Yankees to go all the way. I'm a big fan of Joe right away. There you uh, go. Aaron Rodgers and Yankees <laughs> fan. You got and your... I, I'm a Blue Jays fan. And I'm two hours away from Rodgers Center. There oh, you wow. go. I've been to the outside of there. It's actually pretty nice. Though, I, like your, I, like your, uh, I like your studio over there. Appreciate it. Absolutely. He's got, he's got the nice hat collection. The only one that had more when we had him on the show was Antoine Harris. Great studio, and he is live every Saturday at 1030. Well, we, we might have show. to sit down and talk. Maybe bring your sports yeah, show you're on our welcome network. To, so I'm just fighting over a cold, and my voice is not the greatest. Well, maybe we bring your show to our network. That would be cool. Yeah. Love to have you guys. More than welcome to. Me. Absolutely, Speedy. What do you got? I, I'm I'm going to disagree here. I don't think it happens this time around. I don't think there's too many Astros fans. I don't know if they would necessarily have the vendetta with Cole. And there's just a lot. <laughs> whoever the Yankees would play in the next round, I don't know if there's enough of an incentive there. I think Seattle's just going to celebrate the playoff win as it is. The Rays don't have enough fans, and I don't know if the Blue Jays. Would I that. can't stand. I repeat, I can't stand 
the Astro fans. Okay, so do I believe they're going to do it to Garrett Cole? I could care less. Honestly, I'll shake and bake it because they're all a bunch of idiots. And no matter what happens, the only way they beat the Yankees this year is if they cheat again. So I agree with my friend Joe Booney. There we go. All right. We'll do an, one NBA one. All right. So Steve Nash came out last week and oh. said that he doesn't care if Ben Simmons shoots a jump shot or a free throw at all. He's still going to play. He's still going to play as he is. So this, this is a two-parter. Nets fans will boo him harder than we saw in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. And two, he will miss at least his first eight free throws. I'm going to say uh, shake. How about you, Joe? I'm going to go shake and bake. I'm going to go shake and bake. I, I do like that. Uh, I like that segment. I'm going to go shake him back. I think he's going to miss a lot of free throws. But I think this year he's going to have an okay year with those nuts. I think he'll do okay this year. We're going to get a lot of booze in Philadelphia when he goes back to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Oh, so yeah. he's in between, shaking and baking. Yeah. How about you, Steve? I, I, I agree with him. I'm, I'm in between, too. I don't think there's enough nets to boo him as hard as the backlash that he would have gotten in Philadelphia. They've, he's the most hated athlete in Philadelphia still, like, even though he's gone. the National Basketball Association. Yeah, but still, like, I, they will never take anything good about him. I don't think the Nets fans – no, first of all, there's not enough of them to show up to the games anyway. And then second of all, I don't know if they're, like, as much of a hatred that they can get there, but but I do agree with you. I think he'll miss a lot of free throws and a lot of shots to start the season. The few that he does take in games. I'm absolutely baking it. I think the fans are going to boo him. I think if, if Steve Nash is going to sell to me that he doesn't care if he hits a jump shot, tell me when they start to lose if that's actually going to work in Brooklyn or wherever the hell he goes. So I'm baking it. They're going to boo him, and he's going to be one of the most hated Nets we've ever heard. And I like I like him, but I, I don't like that your coach is going out and really, you know, saying these stupid things. Oh, he don't he doesn't care if he hits a foul shot. He doesn't care if he hits a jump shot. It's the most ridiculous statement any coach could say about a player that's making thirty five million dollars a year. It's ridiculous. All right, last one. I know Errol likes to mock this guy a lot. Uh, Bart, Scott, Bart Scott at the beginning of the season did say that Jameis Winston was going to lead the league in passing yards. Well, he did not play this week, and also Andy Dalton actually played better in that offense than Jameis Winston has all season long. So, again, two-parter here. If Jameis Winston does remain the starter, he will finish outside the top 20 in passing yards, or will Andy Dalton take him over for the season? Shake or bake either one of those. I'd say uh, bake. Okay, so you agree. He agrees with it. How about you, Joe? I'm going to go shake and bake. Oh. All right, he's in between. How about you, Speedy? I'm going to say shake and bake as well. I don't think he's going to be benched for the whole year, but I, I don't see him outside the top 20 passing yards. It's good as Chris Olave's played. I don't think he. I think it will definitely be outside the top 20 passing yards. Sean Payton's not there anymore. I'm going to. I'm going to be very nice about it. Bart Scott's an idiot. Okay, so anything that comes out of his mouth is idiocy and stupid. So don't sell me on that. But as far as I'm concerned, Jameis Winston, he's only good for one thing, stealing crab legs. That's about it. As far as the game of football and stepping on the field and actually throwing a ball, who played for my Florida Seminoles, Florida State Seminoles, and won a national championship, well, I'll say one thing. He needs to stop sitting in Ubers and doing the stupid things on and off the field and learn how to throw a football on a field. I absolutely I absolutely, I, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna shake it. Okay, I disagree completely, and he's a moron. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Our first would segment. Pick, would rather pick Kyle Orton over him any day. Absolutely, that's a blast. Absolutely, <laughs> I want you guys to stay on because we, we're, we're gonna do our picks for the week, and we're gonna announce Derek's picks. Did Derek give you the picks? Are you gonna make yes, sure Derek sent Derek sent me the picks. Yes. I'm, oh yes. Oh, hold on, hold on. I'm going, I'm going to. <laughs> 
show everybody the fancy painting. Hold on one second. I'm getting it framed. Uh, I'm picking up a frame All next right. week. Hold on. Yes, the great, the great Kenny artwork is coming onto the air. All right. Well, he. I already, reads I already his, love uh, your host's energy. I love the energy. You know, he's uh, a Yankees fan. And I got that Yankee in him. I love the energy. He's a, uh, he's a Jets fan also, unfortunately. All right. I'll, I'll let, uh, I'll let <laughs> while Arrow gets that ready, I'll, I'll let Kenny answer two questions for Snug. Ah, there you go. Uh, Snug asks, do you prefer to drink at bars or at home? I like bars. All right. And uh, the other one is, does Kenny prefer Count Chocula or Booberry cereal? I, I don't eat cereal usually. All right, and then his uh, last I like one. Frosted flakes. Okay, so I mean, frosted, frosted mini wheats. Frosted, frosted mini wheats. No, you'll have to settle for that. Our last one. What is your preferred beer and preferred liquor? Uh, I would say any whiskey is my preferred liquor. Probably Budweiser. Budweiser. Interesting. All right, so here is the fabulous Kenny portrait over here if you want kenny if, if you want anything that kenny makes when it comes to painting uh you're gonna have to email him sp and uh if you want to buy it this is going to be framed and put into the studios over here and it will be cherished for life kenny did you sign it you didn't even sign it kenny what kind of maybe, maybe the autographs it. in the paint oh, it, it, maybe it's abstract check right the I got it. I got Bottom, it. Bottom, my little, signature. It's a little sloppy, the... Kenny. I don't even notice I, I, I think it works with the paint. I, I'll, I'm with Kenny on this one. I, very abstract. Very creative. Who asked you, you little bastard? So what we're going to do, you guys are on. We had Derek on last week. Our, our boy, Derek Mountain. Fantastic. He didn't have such a good week. Seven and nine. Speedy yes. was a, his best year of his career. It was my way. first. It was my best week probably in like five years. Like I only got three picks wrong. I'm usually I'm usually killing everybody. But uh, you did fine this week. Ten uh, and six is good. <laughs> it's all right. It's nothing, it's nothing great. But uh, I'm usually uh, rocking. I, I think my best. I was under. I think I went. 14 and 0. One. All right, guys, you guys want to do this? We're going to ask you. So, we're going to go through all the games this week, and we want to know your opinion on why you think that game is going to end up, and we want you to give us a final score of the game. You guys ready for this? Yeah. Thursday night football is the Indianapolis Colts at the Denver Broncos. So I'll do my pick, and then I'll do Derek's. Uh, I'm going to take the Broncos in this game. I think it'll be a sloppy Thursday night game. Jonathan Taylor likely not going to play. He has an ankle injury. He's been held out of practice for quite a while. I think that'll hold him back. And the Broncos secondary, even though the run defense hasn't been great, the Broncos secondary still still been holding their own. So I think they do just enough. Offense will still be sloppy, but I'll take them just enough. I'm going to say 20 to 14. Uh, Derek had the Broncos as well. He said 21-20 Denver. Mm. Interesting. Go ahead, Kenny. Who do you got? I think I'll go with uh, probably the Broncos. Yeah. I'm going to stick with that. That's a good pick. Uh, I would say probably 25, 23, something like nice. that. Nice. What a great score. Uh, okay. How about you, Joe? I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos. I'm going to go with Russell Wilson rebouncing after the last week's loss against the Vegas, the Vegas Raiders. And I really believe he's going to have 250 yards in the day with two touchdowns. Broncos win 27-20 the final. I just don't believe in Indianapolis. I don't know what's going on with them. This this team, I obviously, maybe Eberflus going to Chicago. This defense is not as good as it was last year. Uh, you're talking about the, the linebacker play. They have one of the best linebackers in, in all of football. He hasn't had a good season. This defense, this front seven, hasn't had a good season. Uh, and, and really, they can't stay healthy. And, and Matt Ryan just looks as old as dirt. He really does. Yeah. 
I don't know what's going on with the the Indianapolis Colts. I think they're done. I think they're going to be looking for a star quarterback in this year's draft. Uh, and maybe they get the number one pick the way they're playing. It could benefit them. So, And I'm not surprised if they do get Bryce Young because in every single, like, Every single like fifteen twenty years, they get the be- they get the best quarterback available. So why not Bryce Young going to the Indianapolis Colts? I got Denver in this game. I think Russell Wilson will throw two touchdowns. I think this Denver offense is ready to explode. Nathaniel Hackett is a moron. We all know he's a moron. But with the talent that he has on the field, I think he'll find a way to win this game against a very crummy Indianapolis Colts team uh, this year, which was lucky to have a win. So give me Denver uh, twenty four. 14. You mentioned Leonard, too. He's, he's going to be out, too, with a concussion. I mm-hmm. forgot about that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Uh, London game. My New York Giants. Joe, you're Green Bay Packers. <laughs> well, I don't have a lot of confidence in the Giants. I'm going to take the Packers here. I'm going to be realistic. The Giants' offensive line has not showed me anything to trust against that that pass rush. Yes, it's not as good as last year losing Zedaria Smith, but Rashawn, Rashawn Gary just had six sacks in a game. That has to say something. I mean, that's insane how much he's grown, and you still got Preston Smith. You still got a lot on that front. Uh, the Packers have had been up and down stopping the run, but Saquon's kind of been inconsistent, too, and I think Aaron Rodgers will be able to carve up the Giants' secondary just fine. I'm going to take the Packers in this one. I'm going to say 23-14. to 14. Oh, how about Derek? Oh, how about oh, Derek? Derek? Derek had the Packers 27-13. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, I'm going to take uh, the the Packers uh, mm. 20, uh, 7 to 20. What? 20, oh, 27 to 20. I got it. Kenny, you know, you got to yeah. speak up here, man. Spit it out like the geese that you chase. Here we go. All right. Joe, what's up, man? You guys know already my pick. Of course, the Green Bay Packers. We're in London. You know, the Packers yeah. in London against the Giants. You guys are lucky. You're 3-1, first of all. Mm-hmm. Very, very lucky. Mm-hmm. Second of all, Aaron Rodgers, 300 yards on the day with three touchdowns. Randall Cobb is going to have a heck of a game. He's playing like when he was prime. Packers win 27-10 the final. When you have Saquon Barkley coming out and saying that he could be the quarterback of this game, he they're going to be playing some kind of, you know, uh, what do they call that uh, what, what that offense? The uh, Wildcats. The Wildcat offense. That kind of scares you. Tyrod Taylor with the concussion protocol, he's probably not going to play. We don't even know if, uh, what's his name again, Daniel Jones is playing because of his ankle. So you're sitting here wondering who's the starting quarterback of this team. They have no wide receivers. Oh, there he's going. He's showing A.J. Dillon. Is that a game-worn jersey? Nice. A.J. Dillon got a big game. Very nice. Uh, I think uh, think the fact that there is nobody that can stop anybody on this Green Bay Packer team. And then, listen, Aaron Rodgers did not have the best week last week. He really didn't. Okay, and I have him on my fantasy team, and he hasn't looked like the Aaron Rodgers that won back-to-back MVPs. That's fine. He doesn't have wide receivers. He doesn't have uh, Adams there right now. He doesn't have anybody, and they're they're trying to figure out offensively where they're going. They're just so much better than the New York Giants, and I just think first time uh, at England, first time playing in England, Aaron Rodgers is going to put on a show, 300 yards, three touchdowns, and just dominate this game against a giant team that just has – no reason to think that they're going to be in this game. So uh, give me the Green Bay Packers, 34-14. All right, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. Remember, you got to give us Derek. Der- I'll do Derek's first. Bill, Derek has a blowout, 35-13 to Buffalo, and I'm thinking kind of the same. I, I think the Steelers' defense definitely does not look the same 
without TJ Watt. Yeah. That pass rush, again, they've had their moments against the Jets, but still wasn't overly <laughs> consistent. And you saw what Zach Wilson did in the fourth quarter. Definitely show that they could be exposed against the pass, even with the receiving depth a little lacking for Buffalo. I think they're... The secondary just not the same for the Steelers without that kind of thing. So I'm going to take Buffalo in this game. I am going to say 34 to 17. I think I could go with that. What Derek said, 35 to 13. That sounds like All a right. good number. Well, <laughs> there you go, Bills Derek. You're are a wise man. Out. It's, it's in Buffalo. That's yeah. Nobody's you know, going to be able to stop the Bills. Isn't it pretty sad? You have to rely on TJ Watt. You don't rely on the whole team. It's a man's game. You know, it's a whole man's team. And you know what? After last week, the Steelers losing against the Jets. Those Jets are looking good, and they're going to win this week. They're going to beat those Miami Dolphins. I'm not going to give you a prediction later on that. But I think you know, after the Buffalo Bills coming back from a 20-3 lead against the most overrated quarterback in the league in Lamar Jackson, 35-14 the final. Josh Allen right now is the best quarterback in the NFL. He's shown why he is my lead MVP uh, vote-getter. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, all they did was bitch and moan about the Jets last week, that they're better, and that Fitzpatrick thought that they were, the Jets were lucky. How about worrying about your team and what your team did in the fourth quarter that cost you the game? You brought in a rookie quarterback when you you pretty much shouldn't have done that in the, in the third quarter, and you put your rookie quarterback in a bad position to fail. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, their wide receivers are not any good. Claypool, Johnson's good, but Johnson really in the last couple of weeks is, you know, He's disappeared. He's just not the same wide receiver we remember when Ben Roethlisberger was there two, three years ago. So I don't know where who the Pittsburgh Steelers are, and Harris isn't 100% healthy. That, that to me, is a cry of scare for them. The Buffalo Bills are going to come out strong in this game. They're going to dominate this game. They're not going to be able to put pressure on Josh Allen. Uh, give me Buffalo 27-17. All right, next game is the L.A. Chargers at the Cleveland Browns. Derek actually has the upset here. Derek is taking the Browns in this one 30-27. That's They're interesting. Very interesting. As much as I like to mock the Chargers, I disagree. I think the Chargers win, and they win pretty big in this one. Cleveland's secondary has actually been kind of underwhelming this year. When you look at what the Jets did to them, the Panthers, even Atlanta late in the game, Justin Herbert looked healthier, much healthier last week. I mean, granted, they were playing the Texans, but still, he was spreading the ball around nicely. He's really doing a good job getting these other receivers in involved, even with Keenan Allen hurt. So I do think that'll make a di difference in this game. Cleveland will be able to run, but I don't think he'll be able to do much more. So I'm going to take the Chargers 34-20. to 20. Go ahead, Ken. All right, I would say <laughs> he's just guessing. Chargers 28-20. Chargers okay. That's uh, about I, right. You know, I'm you not going to take the upset Kenny... this one. I might save the upset for another game. All right, well, there's a lot. Of, there could be a lot of upsets. I have two week. of them, yep. There yeah, could be a lot true. of upset, but who do you got, my friend? I'm going to go with, you know, Justin Herbert and the Chargers. I think these Chargers are back. Rebuild mode. Pick the Chargers in 27-17 the final against the Cleveland Browns. I think the Browns are just, you know, one of those teams are up and down, but they're not that team that will go far into the playoffs, and they will not make the playoffs this year after Deshaun Watson's suspension. I think Cleveland was embarrassed last week. I really do. And uh, uh, I think going home, I think this could be an advantage to them. Uh, remember, the Chargers have to travel to Cleveland. And that they're not very good at. And that's on the other side of the country. Uh, I, being that it's in Cleveland, it's supposed to be pretty cold and maybe wet over there in Cleveland. I think it benefits Cleveland. I really do. The running game, I think they're going to be able to run against the Chargers. Uh, I, 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 this is, could be an upset. I really do. Uh, I know a lot of people are picking the Chargers and think that the Chargers are back. But I don't know what the Chargers are yet. Okay, I know what Justin Herbert is. But is he 100% healthy with that rib? I don't know. And, and wide receivers, Keenan Allen might be back this week. He's not 100%. And 
And and really what this, this offense is, are they going to be able to run against that defense? That's the question. Cleveland's front seven is pretty damn good, and I think they're going to be able to stop the run and make them throw, and they're going to make them one-dimensional. Give me Cleveland in this game. I think it'll be very, very close. I think it'll be a field goal game, but all in all, I think Jacoby Brissett will do enough in this game to win this game. Give me Cleveland, 21-17. All right, next game is the Bears and the Vikings. Bears and the Vikings, it is in... Hold on. Yeah, it's in Minnesota. Thank you, Bob, by the way. Thank you. Uh, Derek, for this game, has the Vikings 31-17 to in this one. Okay. And, yeah, I think we're all agreeing on this. I'm going to take the Vikings. I'm going to take the Vikings in this one. I think it's pretty big. Chicago, yeah, they had that nice win against the 49ers. Beyond that, they uh, haven't shown a heck of a lot of good football. The Vikings defense has been playing they're much better ever since they struggled against the Eagles in this one. Offensively, I think Dalvin Cook has a big game in this They're one. They're explosive Yeah, Chicago, Chicago. He's got to – by the way, Cousins has got to <laughs> stop throwing the ball all the time. Everybody knows he's throwing to Jefferson. How many times does Jefferson have to touch the ball for them to win? 14, 15 times every single game. Why don't he use Adam Thielen more? I, I, you have a weapon like that and you don't use him enough. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Yeah, and I, I think Dalvin Cook, like, he hasn't had that. He's been great, but he hasn't had that, like, big, big performance. I think this is the time he has that kind of thing in this one. So I'm going to take the Vikings in this one. I'm going to also say 34-17. to 17. And Derek? Uh, right. I said Derek, sorry. He had 31-17. Okay. I'm going to take the Vikings 28-18. Uh, to 18. 18. Nice. Interesting. Fun fact, you know, uh, I just heard on the NFL, Kirk Cousins is 3-1 for the first time with Minnesota, and I'm picking yeah. the Vikings on this one. Uh, I look at these Minnesota Vikings, and you got the best wide receiver in the game in Jefferson, Aaron Rodgers. was saying that a yeah. few weeks yeah. ago when, they, when we faced them, when we got blown out. I'm picking the Vikings on this one. I'm picking a 37-17 the final, and I think Kirk Cousins goes for three touchdowns, yeah. 250 yards on the game, but one interception. Nice. I, I really, really, really like Minnesota in this game. I, I don't know what Chicago is anymore. Justin Fields. They're a disaster. Yeah, they're, a disaster. they're a disaster. And I, do they look yeah. for a quarterback in the in next year's draft? Do they, do they give up on Justin Fields? I don't know. I think they need to give him weapons. Uh, I, I don't blame him for all this, but the coach at Eberflus is more of a defensive guy. He, I just don't know if he knows anything about offense, and I don't think they have enough weapons offensively. They got like six tight ends and no wide receivers. They're horrible. They, they have Montgomery. They haven't used David Montgomery. I think they use him in trade uh, at the trade deadline and try to get something back for him. Minnesota is just too good offensively. Stop throwing the ball to Jefferson. Start using the field. You got a lot of other weapons besides Jefferson. Yes, Jefferson is the best wide receiver in football. And what a trade for Minnesota when they traded Diggs over there to Buffalo. Diggs is still a great player, but Jefferson is fantastic. I, what a what a trade by them. Um, I like Minnesota in this game. I think this is a blowout. 37 12. Alright, the Detroit Lions at the New England Patriots. Derek has the Lions You've in You've got this Jacksonville game. and Houston, by the way. No, no, no. I, I've still got that. I'm, okay. I'm, doing, I'm doing it on Derek's list. Okay, okay. <laughs> Derek's got the upset here. The Lions over the Patriots 28-20. to 20. Uh, This game will be weird. This game is going to be close. I think you're going to see a lot of field goals both ways in this game. I'm going to take the Patriots, though. Just one, they're at home, too. I do not trust the Lions' defense. They've been Plus the quarterback's coming back. Jones will be back. Yeah, and I think think the Patriots will be able to run the ball in this game to the outside. The Lions have really struggled to stop the run. Uh, I think Hunter Henry has a big game as well. He he looked good against your Packers, Joe. I know the Packers have better linebackers than the Lions do, and I think that will be able to take advantage just enough. I do think the Lions, if they get Swift and St. Brown healthy, will keep the game close for a while because the Patriots' defense isn't great either, but I'm going to take New England on a close one. I'm going to say 26-23. 
I'm going to take the Patriots also. I'm going to say 24 21. I think it's going to be a close, tight game down to the wire. That's my opinion. There's no way Bill Belichick is going to lose. You know, no way. Not in New England. Folks, New England's going to bounce back. You got the best coach in the National Football League, future Hall of Famer right there. And I'm going to go with 27-10 the final of the Patriots when it's going to be a slaughterhouse. Wow. I want, wow. Agree, I want to agree with Detroit, but they are going to New England, and if the Patriots lose this game, I mean, they're done, okay? They're, and I think Bill Belichick, I know it's early, but I, I think they're just going to get – they'll be in give-up mode for the rest of the season. I think they win this game. I think it'll be close. I think Detroit will have a chance to win this game. I just don't trust uh, Detroit's defense. They have a young defense. Going into the fourth quarter, even though I don't trust the New England Patriots offensively, I like Damian Harrison. I think he runs against them. I think he plays very well. Uh, Patriots win this game 17-16. Very right. close. Next, that's a very tight yeah. score. Mm-hmm. All right, next, tight game, score. next yeah. game is the Seahawks at the Saints. Derek has the Saints in a tight one in this one, 27-23. to 23. Uh, I don't think it'll be that tight. Ooh. I think the Saints win, and I think it's a blowout. I, the Seahawks' defense has been awful really since week one as well, and the big plays. I know, obviously, the quarterback situation is not good with the Saints, but the, Chris Olave has played very well this year. They have better deep threats than expected. I think Michael Thomas gets back on track as well, and Seattle really can't stop the run either. So I think Alvin Kamara, this is the week he finally breaks out. Yeah, the Saints' defense has been underwhelming at times, so I think Geno Smith, who's played well this year for Seattle, keeps it close for a little while, but I don't think it'll last. I'm going to take the Saints 38-21. I'm going to take the Saints 27-14. I'm going to pick the Saints 34-17 the final. I, I think when you look at the Saints right now and going, being that they're home, I, Seattle has to travel over there. You're going on, you're going from one place to another. I, I Even though I'm not a big Taysom Hill or whoever, Andy Dalton, Andy whoever, Dalton. whoever's playing for Daddy them. Caps his boy. I mean, and Geno Smith had a very good game last week. I don't trust that Seattle is going to have a game like that against this defense. I think this defense is one of the better defenses in the NFL, and I think they do enough offensively. Alvin Kamara finally has a breakout game. I don't know what's going on with Alvin Kamara, but his head's so far up his ass. And I, By the way, he was my number one pick in that uh, one of my drafts, and he's been absolutely horrible. I started him last week, gave me zero points, that dumb dick. Sorry. He's one of the most overrated running backs in the league. Uh, he's been horrible this year, but... I, I think he has a good game. The Saints win this game. I think it's a blowout. 32-14. Joe, you might have to keep All listing right. overrated offensive players. You might end up with someone's fantasy team, whoever is Lamar Jackson and Alvin Kamara. No, those two. I'm not a big fan of both of them. Yes, you've made that very clear. All right. Errol's What's New York year? Jets hosting the oh. Miami Dolphins. Derek has the Dolphins in this one, 24-17. to uh, I'm going to take the Jets in this one. I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game. I don't think Zach Wilson plays as great as he did last week, but I do think there are some matchups that the Jets could take advantage of. I mentioned the slot area as being a big deal with Miami not having a lot of secondary depth outside of those top two corners and their linebackers not being great either. I think that's where uh, you see that San Francisco offense really take over. Yards after the catch, I think Elijah Moore has another big game. And I think the, the Dolphins will get theirs in the slot too, but I think Teddy Bridgewater being the quarterback limits the arm strength, limits the deep threat ability of these other wide receivers too. And uh-huh. that's where the Jets have been beaten over the top a lot. So I don't think you see that this time. So I'm going to take the Jets. Close, low scoring game. I'll say 2017. I'm going to, I'm with Derek. I'm going to take the Dolphins at 27 to 22. 22. <laughs> nice. 
I'm going to go with the Jets. I'm going to go with the Jets. I like how they're playing this year after that comeback a couple of weeks ago against the Browns. You know, unbelievable comeback. 14 points, less than three minutes left. The Jets win this one. It's going to be really close, and I'm going to pick 21-17 the final. This is the year the Jets will build off something really good. Oh, I Mom agree, I, and I, I love you for that. I, I, I think Zach Wilson's the real deal, and I think he – And you have the best head coach. I love him. Uh, I, I know you like Robert Sala. I'm, I, he still has to prove to me that he can coach in this league, but uh, Zach Wilson is, is the real deal. He showed you in the fourth quarter with a bad offensive line that was mishmashed and – stapled or whatever, glued together. He he made every single throw in the fourth quarter to help them win. I, I don't think I, I don't think he's gonna have to play comeback. I think the Jets will have the win have the lead most of this game. You have Teddy Bridgewater that's gonna be starting in this game. I think the Jets know him very, very well. I think they'll be able to put a little bit more pressure against this uh uh, this offensive line, I think, is highly overrated. And I, I think the Jets win this game. I think it'll be close. I think it'll come down to the wire. I think uh, I, I think the Jets win 17-14 or 21-17. But I think the Jets will win this game. Zach Wilson will have another big fourth quarter to help them uh-huh. and seal the deal for the New York Jets. And the Jets go 3-2 and two and might, at the end of this week, be in first place in their division. Well, you got five people making What are they all that the Jets three. win this division? I'd love it. Repick the Jets. I would love it. So would I. So would I. Yes, two, two pick people the down. Uh, somebody's going to be right. Yep. We'll see who is. Thank you, Kenny. Thank you for Thank that. Thank you, Kenny. Thank you for that. Sale. Very, very uh, colorful. It was a great sale. Uh, by the way, I, I, I think I'm going to get a pet goose, and you can come and chase it over my house. Maybe you should name it Kenny. Kenny. That's right. I'll name it Kenny the Goose. A pet goose named Kenny. Kenny the Goose. That would be perfect for you. All right. Next game is the Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Derek has the Buccaneers in this one, 35 to 20. I mentioned I had two kind of big upsets. This is one of them. I'm taking the Falcons. I've been impressed with them the last two weeks. Yes, I am. I am. I'm not impressed. I've been impressed with them this season. Ever since they had one bad quarter against the Rams, they had that bad second half collapse against the Saints. Since then, they've actually done very well in like 10 consecutive quarters. They played well against the Browns, exposing a lot of their against their strengths, too. Tampa has not been the offensive juggernaut because of their offensive line. And Atlanta rushes the passer well on the interior. Grady Jarrett's one of the best in the league. You got Marlon Davidson, very underrated. And that secondary is underrated, too. Terrell, Hayward, they got a lot on that on that talent. And I think their offense has been very creative so far, the way they've used it. And I don't obviously, they're not going to score 41 like the Chiefs did, but I think they could definitely do some of those concepts to make that kind of thing work. I'm going to take Atlanta in this one. Upset 23-21. Don't know what this guy's smoking. He's smoking something. Der- uh, Derek had the Bucks, thirty-five to twenty. No, that's Kenny. Kenny. Oh. Kenny smokes wax. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I think I. That's a good pick. I'm gonna pick the the Bucks, thirty-five to nineteen. <laughs> He's going one point off of Derek's score. Nice. Ladies and gentlemen and boys and girls of all ages, Thomas Edward Brady Jr. is not losing three in a row, 250 yards in a day, three touchdowns. Whoever's picking, uh, taking Brady to lose, you guys are smoking something or you guys are nuts. Oh, I, I got Tampa in this game, too. Godwin's going to have a breakout game. Godwin is finally getting healthy. I think he has one of those outburst games. I think Brady throws three touchdowns. I think he throws over 300 yards. He has his best game of the season. I think he shuts down Atlanta's offense. I want to see Kyle Pitts being used. I don't understand why they're not using him enough. It's been absolutely incredible how you have the best, one of the more exciting tight ends in football, and he has done nothing this year. Um, Tampa wins this game. They're the better defensive team. They're the better overall team. 
Uh, I think uh, they're getting healthy at the right time. So Tampa wins 34-14. All right. The Tennessee Titans at the Washington Commanders. Uh, Derek has a one-point game in this one, 24-23. Uh, Washington. Uh, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to take the Titans in this one. Derrick Henry looks like he's definitely the Derrick Henry of old. He's played very well the last two weeks. And Washington's defense has had a lot of struggle so far. Uh, I think the Titans are one of the greatest wide receivers, but they could still stretch the field a little bit against that Washington secondary. And Washington's offensive line has just been a mess. I know Landry's out for the Titans, but I do think those blitz packages will be too much. So I'm going to take Tennessee. It'll be be close. I'm going to say 23-17. Go ahead, Kenny. Okay, I've worked on something on Discord, but I can work on that later. Uh, I would say I'm, I'm going to take uh, Washington uh, 24-21. I think, uh, you know, Washington's been disaster since they changed their name from the Redskins to the football team, now the Commanders. And now they're, not, they're not winning this one, folks. I'm going to pick, uh, let's see, 27-7 the final. The Tennessee Titans win three in a row. Ooh. I'm not a big Tennessee Titan fan, but I don't like what I see with Washington. I know they're going into Washington. This is a big game for Washington. They need to win this game. Their coach is on the hot seat right now. Carlson Wentz, uh, I don't know what's going on with him. His head's so far up his ass. And McLaurin, who's one of my guys on my fantasy team, I expect him to have a better game. I've listened to everybody in their takes, and I am a Derrick Henry fan. So I'm going to take Tennessee in this game. I think it's going to be very, very close. 21-20. Uh, Tennessee wins away against the Washington Commanders. All right. Last of the 1 o'clock games, the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Derek has a close game. Jags 27 to 20. Uh, I think it'll be semi-close for a little while, too. I think Houston's been pesky in first halves a lot of the time, too, just falling apart in the second half. I think Jacksonville does start a little slow. They started fast last week and then fell apart. I think it carries over just a little bit. Houston will hang tough, but I think that rushing attack with James Robinson. Houston's been very impressive. Yeah, I think the rushing attack with James Robinson will be too much. That offensive line will take over. Trevor Lawrence had some trouble sensing pressure last week, but I don't think Houston has enough uh, pass rush to be able to make that kind of thing work. I'll take the Jaguars in this one. I'll say 30 to 17. All right, yeah, I'll take the Jags. Also, I'm going to say 28 to 21. Jags win 23-20. They are a for real team after last week. I, I think they're for real. I, I just I wonder what they are personally. I think Houston is real too. I think they're good. They have some, yeah, I think they have good weapons. I like Pierce. I think he's a great running back. I think he's so underrated because he plays for the Texans. And they, they, I, I think Mills is a lot better than people think he is. I, I think David Mills, is, he's, a, he's a really good quarterback. And I think their defense is very underrated, too. They've played very well against really good teams. I think this game is close. And I think Jacksonville might even be losing this game going into the fourth quarter. They have the better quarterback, and that's why I'm going to bet on them. And they're the home team. Uh, another close game. It could come down to the wire. 24-21 Jacksonville. All right. First of the 4 o'clock games, the San Francisco 49ers at the Carolina Panthers. Derek has the 49ers winning a tight one, 19-17. Uh, I'm going to agree with him on the 49ers, but I, I do think it'll be close, too. The Panthers' defense has been impressive for the most part. Uh, Baker Mayfield really hasn't so far, and that's dragged them down, and the 49ers will be able to stop the run, so I don't know if Christian McCaffrey has the same impact yet against the Saints or against the Giants, but I do think their defense, their passers will be able to keep it in it. San Francisco's had some offensive line injuries, so I think that'll keep it close for a little while, but I am going to take the 49ers to grind it out. I'm going to say 20-14. to 14. I would say the 49ers, too. I'm going to say 20 to 18. 
going to be a tight game. You never know what kind of Jimmy Garoppolo you're going to get week by week. He is not a consistent That's true. whatsoever. But, you know, yeah. you know, last week, you know, beating the Rams, uh, good for them, proud of them. Not a 49ers fan, never liked them, but good for them. I'm yeah, I wonder why. I wonder why, yeah. I wonder why. Let's 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 put that to the side. I wonder why. But I, you know, I, I think this is going to be a closer game than people expect. Twenty to seventeen, the final. The Forty ers win. I, I think this is a blowout. I think San Francisco is a better team. I'm. I don't trust Carolina. I don't know what they are personally, and I think Matt Rule has lost his team. Um, Christian McCaffrey, man. Yeah, he yeah. is. But hey, guess what? Go look at the run, the running offense that has played against San Francisco the last two games. They, nobody could run against them. And I, Henderson, who ran the ball very well the week before, and Akers, who everybody expected to be good this year, they couldn't do anything against them this past week. I, I think I like Christian McCaffrey, but I think I like this front seven. I really like this front seven. Uh, give me San Francisco in this game. I, I don't think it's going to be close. I, I say 24-10. I think they blow them out. All right. Cowboys at the Rams. Derek has Rams close one, 24-20. And I have the Rams, too, and I think it'll be close. I do think it'll be close. Dak Dallas. is back. Uh, Dak is back. Sorry, Cooper Rush. No. Uh, sorry, Jerry Jones. No quarterback competition. It's Dak ridiculous. is back, but I do think he'll be a little do you know? Do you, have, do you believe that the Beef told me the other day that he thinks Cooper Rush should start over Dak? Oh, Scott? my God. Do you believe this crap? Oh, wait. <laughs> so the guy that can't stand That's Jerry. unbelievable. <laughs> So the guy that can't stand Jerry Joes more than anything is rolling with his most ridiculous thing. Clownish ever take said. of, oh, there's going to be a real quarterback move. competition of Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott when Dak's healthy. Yeah, if okay. any, any Cowboy fan wants to see Cooper Rush on the field, then Dak Prescott, you're an idiot. Well, okay. I don't like the Rams either, but now <laughs> I hope they blow out the Cowboy. Or now I hope they blow him out yeah. by 30. I don't like the Rams either. But I do think the Rams win this game. I do think it'll be close, though, because the Rams' offensive line has had their issues so far. And Dallas's pass rush, led by Micah Parsons, will definitely make it hard on them. Uh, you look at them, an interesting matchup with those wide receivers. I believe they're the best defense in the NFL right now. Uh, they're definitely I up don't. there. They're definitely up there right now. Uh, Joe, you, you were mentioning the 49ers, too, in Tampa. Those are probably the top three right now. But yeah. I think just the way that. Uh, Trayvon Diggs and Cooper Couple definitely cancel out, but the way that the other receivers could just make a difference on the rest of the Dallas secondary, I think that'll be Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay's just doing just enough to be able to make that kind of thing work. And uh, the defense will do the rest for the Rams. They haven't been bad except against the Bills this year. So I'll take the Rams in a tight one, lower scoring than people expect. I'll say 20 to 17. I'm going to say uh, 24 to 21 Rams all the way. Over the Cowboys. I love Kenny. He's funny. Because <laughs> I look at this camera right now and picking the Rams over the Cowboys, but I want to say something. The Cowboys are the most ignorant and disrespectful fans <laughs> of the NFL franchise. No respect for them once. What about Philly fans? They're the no, worst. No, no, no. Cowboy fans are, are something else. They are all of BF. Rams win 20 to 17 the final. I think the Cowboys are going to put a lot of pressure on them. I know it's going to be in L.A., and I, I think L.A., that's the only advantage they have in this game. I think Matthew, St- Matthew Stafford is hurt. He hasn't played well this yeah, year. I think, he's, I, think he's uh, I think Cooper Cup is the only weapon they have offensively. Honestly, as far as wide receivers, they're not using Allen Robinson. They need Odell back in the back. And if he does go to the Giants, uh, it's, a big, it's a big loss for the L.A. Rams. And I have a feeling he is going to the Giants. I do, and I think Lane Collins is going to go back to the the Giants too. I've got the Rams in this game. I think it'll be very close, and I think the I, I think that the pack I mean, the Packers. 
I think the Cowboys are going to have a chance to win this game at one point in this game. They're going to put a lot of pressure on Matthew Stafford. I, I'll even say this. Matthew Stafford gets knocked out in this game. Uh, but they still win. I think they're the better team in their home team. Uh, the Rams win this game 27-24. All right, last of the 4 o'clock games. The Philadelphia Eagles at the Arizona Cardinals. Derek has the Eagles. His Eagles, 31-21. I said there were two big upsets. This is number two. I'm taking Arizona in this one. I actually liked this matchup for two reasons, one of which is a blitz-happy defense against an outside rushing quarterback. I think it's going to be a little harder on Jalen Hurts. Then the Cardinals secondary has actually been pretty impressive. They did very well against the Rams. They did very well against Devontae Adams. I think they'll be able to take out one of those receivers. And you saw Jacksonville kind of do that in the first half when they took out A.J. Brown. They made Jalen Hurts uncomfortable. I think Arizona does a lot of that same thing. And their offense has a lot of outside concepts, which has really been the only weakness of that Eagles defense so far this year. Game will obviously be close. I think the Eagles will definitely put up a fight defensively. But the Cardinals have actually been one of the best second-half teams this year. So I think they do win a close game in this one. I think they come back and win it. I'm going to say 23-20. to I also am taking the Cardinals. Eagles got to be. You hate the Eagles. You hate. They got to. They got to lose at some point. (laughs) I think that's going to happen this week, and I'm going to say 28, uh, 24. I think it's going to be a close game. Cardinals on top. What about there's only one undefeated team in the league right now, and that is the Eagles. And the Eagles after this week will be undefeated once again. (laughs) Eagles win 28, 20 the final. I don't even think this game's going to be close. I think the Eagles are the best all-around team in the NFL. What they did against Jacksonville, falling 14 to nothing and came back in that game and won that game, was very impressive. Jalen Hurts is for real. He's an MVP candidate. I think the weapons that they have are – who's going to stop A.J. Brown on that team? Who's going to stop – who's going to stop Smith Smith or any of the guys that they have as far as the running back game, the running game that they have, the three-headed monster that they have. And their offensive line is the best in football. It's not even an argument. The Philadelphia Eagles offensive line is the best in football. So I have the Eagles. That's a – but – I think that's a biased opinion speaking. Well, really? Don't the Eagles look like the team from winning the Super Bowl back when they close? I think the Eagles are better than the team that won the Super Bowl. I, I think this is this is the best Eagles team we've seen in a very long time. Since Donovan McNabb and Terrell Owens. That's how wow. good this this offense and this defense is. I, I They're by far the best team in the NFC. It's not even close. Give me the Eagles Donovan, in this game. 31-20. Donovan and Terrell never won anything. They were in the Super Bowl. I mean, they went to they went to six in, straight. And, and, and Terrell Owens was playing on a broken leg. I mean, Kenny, they so went to six the straight. Because Giants fans are just like the talk out of their gluteus. Kenny, Kenny they went league. to six straight NFC championship games. I don't know if that's not winning anything. <laughs> I was pretty dominant. They were a pretty dominant team for like six, seven years. You got to keep in mind a high parity this NFC. Is the, so. This is a better team than any of those teams. That's how good this team is. They're, they're stacked, yeah. dude. Even their backup players can play on starters on other teams. Okay, they're we'll see what happens to them in February. Uh, we will. I'll tell you this. The Giants won't be where they are. I'll tell you that right now. No, they will not. They will not be where The Eagles where might not even be there. Uh, you want to bet on that? Where are the Eagles going to be, You want to bet on that, Kenny? I'm not betting on that. Dude, I, when I listened to the Beav the other day tell me the Cowboys still have a chance, I said, you're on drugs. They're not winning that division. It's not even close. It's not even going to – they're going to win the division by either three or four games. That's how much better than they are than anybody in that division. They're way better than all those teams. It's not – they're going to – they might even sweep all the series in their division. 
Okay. No, they'll, they'll lose one against Dallas. They always do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and they probably. also beat the Giants very they, much. They so dominate too. the Giants. The Giants. So. The, the, the last time the Giants won, I think, was 2013. It was like one of the sloppiest games ever when Chip, Chip Kelly's first year as coach. It was like 15 and 10. It, and it looks well, like he had, he, had, he had a decent quarterback back then. Yeah. yeah. We're going on with the next game, Petey. All right. Next <laughs> <game>. <laughs> he doesn't want to hear about the Eagles. <laughs> Kenny, I'm a Giants fan, too. I don't like hearing it either, but... They are very but good. But you got to give the fact. you got to respect the Yeah. Eagles. Yeah, no. The it, they're good. As, as an analyst, I have to respect it. Yes, of course. They're very good. Believe me, it, it's painful, the memories. But, yeah, nevertheless. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sunday Night Football. The ball, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore This is going to be the best Ravens. game of the week. Best right. game of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Derek has a high-scoring close shootout, and he has the Bengals 35, Ravens 32. Uh, I don't have it quite that high-scoring, but it definitely will be close. I am going to take the Bengals in this one. The Ravens have not been good in the fourth quarter. The, both their losses have been crumbling in the fourth quarter so far this year. Last week was particularly bad against the Bills, but even the one before against the Dolphins, that was not good. That secondary, for whatever reason, cannot be trusted late in the game. and. They lack edge rushing, and I think that really is going to make a difference. They don't have those guys. If they've either blitz extra or rush forward, it's very hard for them. And against those wide receivers that have given them fits in the past, I think it'll be hard. They'll hold in the field goals. That front seven will stop the run. But I'm taking the Bengals. A lot of yards. 26-24. Yeah, I'll take the Bengals. Uh... <laughs> 30 to 28. <laughs> I love 30 to 28. I'm taking the Bengals. That, most, that might be the most normal score you've had so far. <laughs> <laughs> you know, folks, when you have uh, the most overrated quarterback in the league in Lamar Jackson, he's a bum, first of all. Guy can hold me wrong. He can't throw the ball. You know, the Bengals, are, they're, on a, they're 0-2. They started 0-2, folks. Now they're 2-2. They're going to go on this rampage winning six in a row. Mr. Joe Burrow's back. Joe Mixon's back. The team's back. I love the coach. Love the staff. Love the management. This is going to be actually a very close game. The Bengals do take it. 35-32 the final. Joe Burrow, three touchdowns, one interception, 255 yards on the day. Bengals win the I guess I'm the only one taking Baltimore in this game. There's no way Baltimore is losing back-to-back games. John Harbaugh is getting abused after that comeback loss last week. The secondary has looked bad. They have, and they have a lot of talent over there. I think they, they go into this game. I think they're going to put a lot of pressure on Jamar Chase and, and T. Higgins. They're going to make Boyd, Tyler Boyd beat them like they did with the Jets. I just like Baltimore in this game. I think they're going to be able to run the ball against this Cincinnati defense. And Cincinnati, Hendrickson is not 100% healthy. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson is going to be able to run and move out outside the pocket because they only have really one big pass rush on the edge. So... I like Baltimore in this game. I think it'll be close, like you guys were saying. But Baltimore's at home, and I think they have an advantage going home. I think it's going to be cold. It's going to be raining over the weekend. Uh, I think Baltimore's going to have the fans on their side. Give me Baltimore in this game. It will be close. Okay, uh, 21-20. Who's doing the Monday night? We're about to get to that, Kenny. Don't worry, uh, Kenny. We're coming to that. Monday night football. Stuart Schweiger. How do you not take a $250 million contract? I'm sorry? How do you not take a two hundred fifty million dollars? Uh, because it, a lot of, and I understand why he didn't do it. They, a lot of it is not guaranteed. A matter of fact, I, I think half of it is not even guaranteed. And when when you when you look at the player that he is, he won an MVP. Yes, he's oh, is he overrated for what he's done? Absolutely. But he's taking this team into the playoffs, and you built your offense around this guy. You got to pay this guy, and if you don't, I'm sure there's mighty mighty different teams that are going to be lining up in the off season trying to get this guy. This guy is a winner. He's won ever since he's come into the league. Is he overrated? Yeah, I think everybody overrates everybody. 
in certain ways. But I, I still think he's a quality quarterback. And he's helped this team win. I, 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 and I like Baltimore in this game. I think you guys are wrong on this. I, I th- Even though I like Joe Burrow, I love Joe Burrow. Everybody knows he. I think he's the, the new Tom Brady. I've said this. And Justin Herbert is the new Peyton Manning. I've been saying this for a very long time. And I think these All two right. guys are the best young quarterbacks. Kenny, could you hold up? What do you got? Your panties up in the bunch? What, do you want no. to go smoke your wax or something? Relax. No. Are you going to chase I, I didn't know some, uh, Kenny smokes wax. That's oh, the first time. He does. He's a wax smoker. <laughs> oh, we, 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 we'll make you known about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> he loves his wax, man. All right. Monday Night Football. The Las Vegas Raiders. Stuart Schweigert's Raiders against the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. This is my upset, by the way. Derek has a 37-27 Chiefs win, and I will agree with him, and I don't even think it's that close. The Raiders' defense really hasn't shown a lot. Even against the Broncos' offense with Nathaniel Hackett calling plays, they still allow 23 points and a lot of yards. And the only reason they didn't is... Javante Williams getting hurt, too. Definitely hurt that. So they really had no running game. So I don't trust the Raiders' defense against that offense. They just put up 41 points on Tampa, who was statistically the best defense in the league coming into that week. So I'm going to take it. The Chiefs pretty big here. I'm going to take it 38-20. to 20. Yeah, I'm going to take it 37-25 to 25 Chiefs. 41-25. Patrick Mahomes right now is unstoppable. 25? What is that, a Kenny score? 41-25. They are unstoppable. Kansas City, you know, they're just they're a for real team. And you, I know you said Josh Allen's the best quarterback right now. Yeah. My friend, I like you very much, and I respect the Yankees and Derek Jeter. I got the Derek Jeter Patrick. I hate Derek Jeter, five. so. Uh-oh, I, hate, I, hate, I hate Derek Jeter. <laughs> I, I really believe Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback than Josh Allen. How do you hate Derek Jeter? Um, Jesus. How do I hate him? I think he's one of the most overrated players the Yankees have ever had. And I can tell you why after I pick my pick here. I'll explain he's it He's the you. captain. Oh, my God. He's the captain. I'm going to tell you why. He's an overrated captain. Um, I'm back and forth in this game. I, I think Las Vegas is going to be able to put up a game in this. Yeah. It, it, I know it's Monday Night Football. I, I want to see Vegas play. And I, 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 if they lose this game, they're 1-4. I mean, Josh McDaniels is a complete bust. I think they show up in this game. I do. And I think they surprise a lot of people. And they knock off Kansas City in this game. I do. I think they knock them off. Uh, I'm going to take the Las Vegas Raiders winning this game 27-24. And they win this game. It's a close game in Kansas City. This is probably my biggest upset, I think. I I know a lot of people are going to sit here and tell me, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to take them. I, I, I'm going to go off the wrap here, and, I, and you guys might come to me and say, wow, Earl, you were right, like I was the last couple of weeks. Got Vegas winning this game against Kansas City in Kansas City. Shocking, well, we everybody. You could be going, you're wrong. But I'm going to tell you to stick a game. goose's head up your ass, buddy. All yeah, right. I'm you sure you be won. wrong about different games. All right. right, Vegas wins 27-24, close game in Kansas City. Now, that is our picks of the week. Now. I will finish up on why I think Derek Cheater is the most overrated New York Yankee to ever wrap up the cleats and wear pinstripes. That's very sad to hear. It is, but it's true. He wasn't even the best shortstop on his team, okay? He wasn't. Alex Rodriguez, first of all, won eight gold gloves or seven gold gloves in a row before Derek Cheetah actually won. And the only time Derek Cheetah won a gold glove was when Alex was moved to third after he came to the Yankees. Nomar Garcia Parra won a couple of them in the National League, but Derek Cheetah never won an American League gold glove until Alex Rodriguez was there. Now, 
when you look at what Derek Jeter has done, you can't take away his numbers. 3,000 hits. Uh, I think it was close to 2,000 runs. When he won those World Series, everybody keeps giving him all the compliments. He played with uh, the Warrior, Paul O'Neill. He played with Tino Martinez, was a big hitter. Scott Brocious was a, a, a World Series MVP. Okay, and I, I by the way, I hated Scott Brocious, but he he was a, it wasn't Derek Jeter winning all those MVPs. Oh no 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 no! And yes, he made some great plays. And, and he was the 2000 MVP World Series. Two, very good, great. And who did they beat? Oh, I'm sorry, they beat the terrible New York Mets, who shouldn't have even been there. Okay, yeah. the, the the times that they were the, the where 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 they needed a, a timely hit. Yeah, Derek Jeter. When he hit that home run, it was really stolen by a, a Baltimore, well, a Yankee fan in a Baltimore against the Baltimore Orioles. They should have lost that series. I'm an honest Yankee fan. I'm going to sit here today. Derek Jeter was a great player. Was he the was he a top five shortstop of all time? Not a chance. Okay, was he the best shortstop to ever play for the Yankees? Yeah, of course he was. There were not many of them. Okay, that that position was very. Light. I mean, everybody's gonna say Willie Randolph. Willie Randolph was a good player, yeah, but he he was an overrated player. He, he's I, I never thought Willie Randolph. Well, he's not even a Hall of Famer. Derek Jeter had the numbers. I just I I feel like when you look at the players that Derek Jeter played with, he wasn't the best player on his team. He wasn't, and he was so sour that he'd get a hundred percent of the the uh, Hall of Fame votes. He wasn't Mo. He wasn't. He wasn't the most dominant player at his position. Okay, so he wasn't. He didn't have to be. He didn't have to be the most dominant. No, he player. didn't. No, he didn't. No. I, I, I like what Derek Jeter is and what he stands for, and, and everybody want, thinks that he wants to. You want to make you sit here and say he standed for greatness and stuff like that. Again, if you look at the 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 um, the decades he played for in the nineties, he wasn't the best player in the nineties on the team. In the 2000s, he wasn't the best player in the 2000s. So I'm just speaking the truth. So uh, is he going to go down as one of the best Yankee shortstops to ever play? He is the best Yankee shortstop to ever play. He is, he is. Yeah, no question that he is. But when you compare the great shortstops to ever play, the Cal Ripkins and all those, he's not even he's not even in the same hemisphere as those guys. So, again – I know there's a lot of Yankee fans, and I, I see you're a Yankee fan. You're a slash Derek Jeter fan, and that's great. I, I, I respect you for that. You know, you're you're a Blue Jays fan, but you're a Derek Jeter fan. I am a Blue Jays fan, but I do like the Yankees a lot. Andy Pettit, Rivera. Yes, I can go down the list. Yes, hundred percent. How the hell do you a Jays fan, but you like the Yankees? Just the history they have done. You know, you got Aaron Boone, you had Joe Girardi. I can go down the history with even that. I love Vlad. By the way, I, I'm I'm a big great Vlad. History. It's been great being on the show. I gotta go. Go smoke your weed. Go smoke your <laughs> enjoy your wax, take, Kenny. But to, I got I got to hit the can. So yeah, go 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 take go, a dump. go strike a go can. Go take a dump. But uh, Joe, you know it, it's so interesting when you talk to somebody that understands the game and, and sports. And I respect you, no question. I respect all the Yankee fans out there that love him. My friend, I went to his uh, baby's, uh, you know, announcement. You know he, you know. He had a party this weekend. I went to New Jersey to spend some time, and he, he hates the fact that I hate Derek Jeter. I hate Derek Jeter for a lot of different reasons. I met him a couple of times. I think he's an ass, okay? I, I don't think he's a very nice guy. Personally, I think he's a douche. And, Get him on the show. Get him on the show. Um, I don't think he'd ever come on the show because he he barely could want, he even wanted to answer questions. 
Um, I know a lot of people hate Alex Rodriguez and can't stand Alex Rodriguez, but at least Alex would sit there and actually answer the question and have a, a, a sports and interesting conversation when it comes to something that has something to do with the game, not something to say, who are you and, and why are you asking me these silly questions? Okay. I think Alex Rodriguez is a more laid back guy than Derek. He, 100%. 100%. Yeah, he looks like that guy just wants to sit down and have a coffee with, you know? Yes. Nice guy, he, right? I, I thought he was very nice, and I don't care how bad of a person he was to try to hurt people because that has nothing to do with me. Okay. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what he did. And I honestly, I could believe his story and not believe his story. I, I do know what he did with me, and he had a conversation with me, and I respect him for that. So, uh, and by the way, Alex Rodriguez was by far a better player than Derek Jeter was. It's not even close. So um, I think Alex Rodriguez is the top five player to ever play this game. So it, it, honestly, I'm I, go talk I, about you, yeah, yeah I, I think he's right there. I, I, and I, and um, the respect is there for, for me to him. But Derek Jeter, I know Yankee fans love him. Good for them. Uh, I I'm going to sit here today, and I'm one of those guys, and Speedy will tell you, I respect him as a player. He is a Hall of Famer. He is Absolutely. He is not a 100% vote winner. If Babe Ruth didn't get 100%, Mickey Mantle didn't get 100%, Joe DiMaggio didn't get 100%, and all the Yankee greats besides Mo Rivera, because Mo was the best reliever, it wasn't even close. And he was, all time. Yes. And he'll ne- and nobody will ever even come close to him. Nobody. Mm-hmm. I, I he is the Michael Jordan of his position. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody will be compared to him. So uh that's why he got hundred percent and he's a nice guy. Very yeah. nice guy. One why he's a very, 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 very guy. Just Did you ever meet him? Like a laid back guy, respectful guy. You never met him? No, I'd love to meet him. No, met, met him three times. Mo was one of the nicest people I've ever met. He is one of the nicest, genuine people you will ever talk to. His wife, his family, his kids, his, you know, his mother, everything about him. He, he's, he's a family man. I, his smile brightens up the room when he even talks. Um, a special person. And I can yeah. see why every Yankee fan loves him when they when they bring up his name and stuff like that. Even Met fans love him. So... Uh, and baseball fans love him, so yeah. I I um I respect Mo. I I just Derek Jeter. I just feel like he's just a he, he's a more of like a Brock Lesnar guy. Cocky. This is the cocky. I guess a Brock. I I I wouldn't say Brock. I don't think he's a bad guy like that. I just I I think Manny Ramirez is more like Brock. You know, I think he was more like you know Manny's a. Many and Alex Rodriguez. Some people say was a bad guy because of what he did to people, but I, I think there was some false in there too. Yeah, I think so too. I think the stories that you hear was was a lot of bull, but uh, I think that my respect for 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 the players that I've spoken about and what I've met, I I, I just think he's a different person. And if you don't know Derek Jeter, you never met him. I and my friend says. My friend told me he met Derek Jeter more, Mario Rivera, and he, he got Derek Jeter signed his ball. I said, so Derek Jeter signed everybody's ball when you went to those autographs. What does that mean? How about trying to sit down and talk to Derek Jeter in a conversation and talk ball, baseball with him? If he doesn't think you're very in, you know, interesting or you're not writing for a big magazine or something like that, Derek Jeter don't give a crap about you. He don't give a crap who you are. Uh, you know, Fan or no fan, he doesn't want to talk to you. So, and I've seen how disrespectful he is. So, that's it. 
Uh, and that's why I don't like him. That doesn't take away that he's the greatest shortstop to ever play for the Yankees because he is. It's not even an argument. But that doesn't sell me on how great he is because the Yankees haven't had a lot of great shortstops. Let's be honest. No. Who's, so, your, who's your short, shortstop right now? Um, right now, it would be uh, kind of Faleva. That's that's oh, that. Yeah, he's he's the and and he's all right. He's nothing special. I and mean, I think they're 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 hoping that Volpe is the the future of that organization. He's the number one prospect they have. A top, I think he's top seven now, top six right now top in the seven. major. Top yeah. seven, top eight. Yeah, I think he's right there. And I they really love him. He was minor league player of the year this year. Um, I expect him to be called up next year, and he will be the starting uh, shortstop for the Yankees next year. I do, I do believe that. So. Sure. Uh, so yeah. The future holds up for them, and you know, I'm, a lot of people don't like Aaron Boom as the head coach. You couldn't believe Aaron Boom. Came Which I, I, I think it's ridiculous. I, it just shows you how stupid Yankee fans are. Okay, and I'm a Yankee fan, and I can't stand Yankee fans. I'm honest. I'll, I'll tell a Yankee fan right to their face. You know what the hell you're talking about? This, I like Aaron Boom. I yeah, do. I, I think he's a, anybody has no management experience. He was a broadcaster. Yes, he has the background. His father was a GM, and his brother. You know, they were great business. The guy has never managed in the minor leagues. He came to the Yankees, took over Joe Girardi. He was a saint to all the Yankee fans. By the way, where is he? I say it all the time. <laughs> um, and Aaron Boone, in five years he's been there, if he wins 100 games this year, that will be, I think that's four 100-win seasons in five years. I mean, what do you want this guy to do? I mean, I, 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 actually, it's not four. It was three it was out of three five. Because of the shortened because season. Because of the yeah. season. He would have won 100 that year. But his win percentage was good enough. For Ridiculous. It was probably on pace for something right in that cusp. I He's mean, a great coach, man. He's a great coach. And a great if, guy. Too. I have a lot of good things about yeah, him. If, if the Yankees lose, if the, Yanke- if, if the Yankees decide to walk away, there'll be 30 other teams Oh, the White Sox will go after him in a heartbeat. There'll be 30 yeah. other teams we'll lining up for him. We'll yes. take him, Toronto. We'll take him. They'll, <laughs> they'll line yeah. up for him. That's right. And you guys have an interim. That's right. I, I, I think it's a joke. I, I think it's a joke that if nobody thinks that Aaron Boone is good or if, if Aaron Boone's not going to be a quality uh, you know, GM this league, they're, I mean, G, I'm not GM, a manager in this league, you're an idiot. And I think Brian Cashman has an, a knack and an eye for managers because he made Joe Girardi. Where's Joe Girardi now? Uh, he, he Practically every single person he's brought in, he decided to part ways with Manningly. He didn't want to bring Manningly in. He was one of the guys that made the decision to part ways with Buck Showalter and bring in uh, Joe Torrey. He was one of the guys. He was the assistant GM. He was one of the guys that made that decision. And Buck has never won since then. Buck's never won, period. So, and that's what I... People don't think uh, Aaron Boom is a top five manager right I now. think, it, which I, Speedy will tell you. I think it's crazy. I know. I think you don't think he was top ten. I think, he's, I think you guys are nuts. Look what he brought this team to. Mm. You know, where were the Yankees when Joe Girardi was when they first came? They're at the bottom. Mm. Aaron Boom came in and finished it off. You know, mm-hmm. I like Aaron Boom a lot. If Aaron Boom wins the World Series, Yankee fans still won't give him credit. They still <laughs> won't. They still won't. They got lucky. This they is got what lucky. He, this is what he still did wrong, but it, it worked. It's the Yankees. They have the best power hitter, best player in baseball. Uh, uh, let's say, uh, who was the manager when he had that best season? I'm sorry, it was Aaron Boone. So uh, you don't think Aaron Boone had something to do with it? Why do you think Aaron Aaron Judge was hugging him and telling him he's like a father figure to him? Joe, Joe, to put it in perspective, we used to have a co-host that would never give him credit for anything. Nothing. He hated him right from the start. Nothing. 
zero yeah. saying he's hey, I'm horrible. a hockey fan. I'm a Leafs fan. If we do something, oh, sorry really to good, hear that. We'll, we'll still, oh, we'll still say something really bad. You know what, you. Speedy? Uh, Speedy will get your information. Uh, Speedy, why don't you put his put your information, your phone number in the comment section over here so he can see it. Uh, we would love to get you back on. I think you're very knowledgeable. You're a good guy. Um, I think you have. Uh, I, I would love to check out your your podcast and. Um, yeah, we do it every uh, we do it every Saturday. I'm actually same as of a sports broadcast. Interviewed some really really top players and great. coaching great. basketball. Jack Armstrong, Joe Bolin. Interviewed some great people. I'm 22 years old. I want to go to school for broadcasting. Oh, you're a kid, man. I, you you know, live in Canada. I do. I live in London, Ontario. I want to nice. become an ESPN reporter. That's my. You dream. can't tell his voice is uh, you know the accent. I'm gonna move here. I don't know. I could tell. I could tell, but it's, uh, uh, it's a blessing to to meet wonderful and thank you unbelievable guys like you. And I have a lot of respect for you guys. And you guys keep going because you know what? One day you you'll reach that mountain, and you guys will be on ESPN. You guys be where, where well, you want to. We're working break, on it right now. All right, hold so on. It's... Breaking. Kenny just came back. Kenny, welcome back. You missed yeah, us Joe's, already. Joe is a great sports guy. His guys know all about sports. They're they're great people. They. They're big hockey fans. They know all about that hockey Speedy, stuff. Speedy, uh, put your number in the corner in the you know comments sports. so he can he can text you, and we'll be in touch, and we'll get him on more often. And, uh, you know, we, we like guys that are looking and up-and-coming. I can help you, man. We're we're actually working on doing a lot of big things. And, you know, I, I've been in the industry for nine years. Um, I've been pitching. I've gotten a lot of people opportunities in the industry that have made it. Uh, now I'm finally, after a long, long time, putting myself out there. I believe that uh, I people say, "What do you want to do in this industry?" I want to be the best radio show host in the country. And I'm a lot older than you, man. I'm 18. You're 22. I'm 18 years older than you. Believe it or not. So uh, I've been working. You know, over the years, I was a big athlete, and I've learned. I I know this industry from top to bottom. I've worked really, really hard. And whatever questions, whatever you need, um, I would love to help you. I would love to. It's help the best you. job in the world. It's the best job. Oh, one hundred percent. And no. you know, I started broadcasting at twelve years old. Mm, no. That's great. That's great. And you have, no. a, listen, you have a good knack for it, and you have a good personality, and you got to keep doing, and you got to push. A lot of people. It's harder to get into this industry now than it is to be a professional athlete. It's very, 100%. it's very hard. Uh, it's competitive because everybody wants to do it, and um, you know, and I, I honestly. I don't want to be like anybody else. I want to be the transition. I want to be the different guy that's going to change the industry. And that's yeah. why when people, when I've talked to agents and stuff like that, what are you trying to do in this industry? I, I want to change the business. I want to be the guy that's going to transition the business in, into the new age of radio. Cause you know, podcasts and everything, there's very few networks out there and when the, those big ones, they're willing to pay. And I, I, it's not even about the money to me. It's about, the understanding of what I want to be in the industry and how I want to transition to the industry, not because I want to be the face of the industry, because I want to be the voice that's going to help other people get their foot in the door in the industry. And that's it. I'm not afraid of anybody and competing against anybody for what I want, what I believe in. So, and I believe in yourself and anything will happen. I agree with you there, Joe. And, uh, yeah. keep up the good work. Uh, speedy. Did you put your number in there? I did. Joe, Joe just, uh, yeah, so, it's in the, it's that, in the that's chat. your cell number, right? It's in the chat, Joe. Yeah, private chat. Text uh, Speedy. Uh, we'll be in touch, and we'll we'll use you for some segments, and uh, we would love to hear your stuff. And 
Uh, yes. Maybe we'll talk about bringing your stuff on onto our network. Why not? That'd be an honor. That'd be an honor. And you guys can come every Saturday. We do picks, NFL picks, uh, hockey, we do baseball, we do wrestling, WWE, big wrestling fans, interviews, motivational speaking, anything like that. You guys are more welcome. My Thank show you. is your show. Thank We're you. We're all family as one and one. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. I wish you guys covered underground sports. What's underground sports? Mole swimming? Uh, surfing, skateboarding. Al used to surf. I surfed. You know that? I was a pretty good oh, surfer. I, I was a pretty good surfer. There you go, Kenny. You learned something new. Yeah. Maybe, you should, you. Maybe, you your next, maybe you should do good a night. painting of Errol surfing. Man. Good night, man. Good night, Joe. Joe. Kenny, that'll be your next painting. You could do one of Errol surfing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't do paintings like that. Oh, you don't? You well, thanks do. for having Joe on. So now you've you got for somebody that, that's starting in the industry. Mm-hmm. I, I like Joe. Joe's a good guy. It really Joe's is. a great sports guy. Yeah. His show's fun. Are you fun? I try and be. Yeah. Did you take that dump? Yes. Was it big? Small? I'd say it was sizable. Sizable. Was it wet or, you know, hard? <laughs> All right. Uh, by the way, since you're now back, uh, Snug had uh, had two more questions for you. What? Uh, I'll answer Snug's questions, then I gotta go clean. The yeah. Sink. All right. Uh, what, clean a sink. What, what is shit in the sink? What flavor? What no. flavor of Doritos is underrated to you? Uh, I'm not really a big Dorito fan. Okay. So, nice try, Snug. And then the last one: Would you ever consider going with the Gardner Minshew mustache? What's that? Gardner uh, Minshew was the quarterback drafted by the gotta, Jaguars. Yeah, I gotta cut the beard off. Yeah, and then he, he's now on uh, the Eagles. He's their backup. Gotta on the twist Eagles, the mustache. Uh, probably not. I might cut the sides of the beard off. Cut it down to a goatee. Oh, oh. look at that, Kenny. Look at that. He's, he's up and coming, man. Up and coming. All right. And then the last one talk about your art inspiration and process. I'm inspired by things like Roxy Music and other bands that experiment a lot interesting you got that snug roxy music the inspiration of all uh, before then, we let you go your favorite um sexy woman that you would love to be with uh you mean out there in the world or online anywhere any person you pick one uh i would say uh miss red uh she also calls her Skip Pages, herself Skip Pages from Twitter. Skip Pages. Wow. Look at you, man. We got to check her out. Is she sexy? I'd say so. Yeah. Does she smoke? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. She had a horrible mo- uh, scooter accident recently. Well, She's I- now recovering. Oh, okay. So maybe you should write her a letter. I'll send her a Twitter feed and say that I'm uh, in love with you and I'm going to come and take care of you. I don't know if I'm going to do that, but she knows I have feelings for her. I've told her this. You have a what? Feelings for her? Yeah, I told her this. Well, did she like it? Yeah, and I said, if you're ever in New York, maybe we could go out sometime. How about you just go and take a ride to where she lives? Where she lives? In Florida, but she doesn't tell anybody where she lives. Well, you know. They'll tell her that, you know, you, you've got, uh, you got a friend that you want to introduce her to. Yeah, what do you say? Well, we'll see what happens. All right, man. I have other women that I'm pursuing. All right. Well, she's the one that you want. You go after the one you want. That's right. 
There you go. Go after it. All right, guys. Thanks for letting me. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for coming on. We love you. All right, man. You're the best. Kenny TV. Kenny TV. One and only greatest of all time. Kenny TV. Greatest greatest goose chaser to ever live. Unbelievable. Well, that's it for the show, ladies and gentlemen. It was a great show. It really was uh, fun. Uh, Great guests. Uh, It was all guests tonight. And. uh, um, this will be the only show this week. Uh, that's why we're doing it Tuesday. We essentially um, did the equivalent of two two-hour shows. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it, it's really. We did a long show because um, we are not going to be here Wednesday and Thursday. I'm going to my friend's uh, wedding. I will be in Virginia, so uh, we'll be back Wednesday and Thursday next week, normal times. Uh, we'll get into the baseball playoffs as the wild card games will be underway, almost over actually. Yep. So, and uh, we'll be ready to talk about the divisional games and what's going to happen. Who's Hopefully, watching. the Mets aren't eliminated by then. <laughs> yep. Uh, you have hockey starting next week. Uh, so, if you're a hockey fan, you should be excited for that. Uh, so, ending up football, week five, uh, it will be in the books. We'll be going into week six. It's crazy. It's breezing right through. And uh, are the Jets going to be three and two? And, uh, Ahead of the division, could be. I mean, if Buffalo loses this week, uh, the Jets can move right into first place, and that would be a very unique time. Yeah, that is true, because the Jets are not the division tiebreaker. Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, could be crazy stuff we're talking about next week. For the New York Jets, which uh, it's it's really crazy. It well, really hopefully your uh, your postseason theory of the Jets uh, of the uh, teams that teams that struggle against the Jets they tend to it tends to motivate them. Hopefully that works for the Steelers. It does. It, it, it does. But I, I don't know where the Jets are going to be this year. I, I don't think they're making the playoffs this year. This is not the year they made the. I said it was next year. Yeah, and I I will continue saying it. The change in the transition of the division will be next year for the Jets. Zach Wilson's got to prove himself, build chemistry with these players, and then next year will be the year where we see the Jets take it to the next level, where we see Zach Wilson really, and the Jet fans believe in this kid, and and this kid's going to take it to the next level, something that we've been waiting for for the Jets organization. I think the, I think the Jets are in good hands. I, I still want to see Zach Wilson scope the field and, and see the field a little bit better, but... Once he figures that out, and I think it's all in time. He's still a young quarterback. When he figures that out, he has all the ability in the world to be great. So, um, and I think he could be Patrick Mahomes like and and Deshaun Watson like. He can be that type of player. He just has got to go out there and do the things that he is good at, and don't overdo himself or put himself in harm's way where he makes mistakes. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm very excited to see what happens this week. Uh, against Miami, I will be driving home from Virginia, watching it in my, you know, my car on the way home on the my phone, seeing what uh, what the Jets are going to put up. I can't, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. I really am looking forward to it. So, yeah, uh, Speedy, uh, I guess uh, another show in the books. Another four, almost four hour show in the books. Yeah, but it was awesome indeed. A lot of great guests. Yeah. Kenny's craziness, and uh, shout out to Joe as well. He was fantastic as well. Joe was really good. Yeah. And keep in touch with him. I'd love to get him on and talk to him. Maybe bringing a show on the network. I, that's a that's a pretty interesting guy. He's got good personality, pizzazz. He's 22 years old. Looks older than that. He mm. does. He looks older than that. I thought he was older than that. In his 30s at least. But, uh, 
kid that wants to succeed. And I, I think those are the type of kids that you want to bring on and uh, let them work with us. So uh, definitely bring that up to him when you talk to him. Uh, I would definitely love to bring his show on the network on Saturdays. I really would. We need a Saturday show. Why not? Right? Uh, thank you to Stuart uh, Schweigert, who joined us. Fantastic stories yeah. about Al Davis and, you know, uh, Tony Gonzalez. I mean, the guy is not awesome. the awesome much. Charles Rogers a lot. Fantastic. Yeah. He's a really good guy. And I want him to get I want to get him on very soon again. And he loved coming on with us. And I, I, I respect all the guys that give us the time and want to stay on with us and have a good time. So uh, very much a big fan of him now. And uh, Ryan Spader, as always, he loves coming on with us. And he's a fan of the show and uh, loves the show and uh, very open to his beliefs as much as I am, and I think we have a lot in common with that. So. Yes, uh, Ryan, thank you. Um, Joe, as always, uh, thank you. Uh, by the way, uh, go check out Ryan's uh, two guys, Alex Fuse, at Alex, A-L-E-X, Fuse, F-E-U-Z, and Bo Wills, at B, Wills, W-I-L-L-S, 222. So, um, thank you to Mr. Kenny Rayner for being the pain in the ass, smoke, taking a dump type of guy as we know him. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, Snug, thank you for being the pain in the ass you always are. And all the fans that listen to our show uh, every single week, we really appreciate you guys. We love you guys. And um, we're happy to entertain you guys as always. And I hope you guys enjoy uh, all the time that we – we put on, you know, as far as the content is concerned, uh, for all you guys to be amused and entertained for the hours that we're on. Speedy, you have anything to say before we go? Yeah, I was, I was going to say, uh, worried about the Mets for sure, but again, hopefully they could turn things around. And also, uh, a shout out to all, every, again, everyone's still in Florida too, trying to recover from that, stay safe as well. Uh, I have some family down there and uh, hoping all the best. And uh, I think there's one that just happened on the West Coast as well too. So uh, hoping they stay safe over there from uh, one of the storms over there as well. Thank you to all the fans. Uh, we'll be back next week, Wednesday, full week of sports. Good night. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.